Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers live from Minnesota. Brad Thompson here with you and Marshy Marsh just pressing and turning and twisting all the dials, whatever you do back there. Jamie, how we doing, brother? I'm good, buddy. It's so good to hear your voice on these airwaves. I appreciate you helping out today, man. Hey, I missed you. Excited to be here. Now, g- give me the uh, the low key. I-, I know all the hotels on the road in uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, where? Well, how are the digs in Minnesota right now for the Blues? Well, well, it is freezing ass cold in Minnesota Don't today. Like that. For one thing. Yeah, so that's a bit of a, a Debbie Downer after spending you know four or five days in SoCal last week. Get a little bit of a sobering up here in Minnesota, but the team here, the arena is located in St. Paul, so it's not in Minneapolis. So we're staying at the the, the Hotel St. Paul, which is a very um, very nice hotel. It's got the classic look. It's got okay. character, BT. You it's know, old. like yeah, there you yes. go. There yeah, you go. but it, it's an <laughs> antique. <laughs> it, it's beautiful, but it's like an antique store. For sure, for sure. Hopefully they change out the carpet every once in a while. We'll definitely get into the blues, <laughs> the wild ride that it has been. But I was a little bit jealous of you guys yesterday uh, as you had some breaking news to talk about during the show. Jamie, the Cardinals added a huge addition in sunny gray they got somebody near the top of their rotation that they needed we talked plenty about adding lance lynn and adding kyle gibson and adding certainty well you end up adding the guy that was second in the al in the cy young in sunny gray you bring him in on a three-year deal which is is uh, personally i don't like pitchers being on seven eight nine year deals at times uh maybe we'll get into this a little bit later maybe you talked about it yesterday the article at the athletic that had the top 10 worst contracts in baseball <laughs> i believe six or seven of them uh, were long-term deals for pitchers so uh i like the the addition obviously and we'll get into some of that a little bit more but what was the overall reaction yesterday jamie because as i jumped on twitter or x or whatever we're calling it nowadays I think it's X technically. I mean, if Elon's going to pay $40 billion for it, might as well call it by the right name. But what was the overall from the listener base? What was the uh, the opinion? Well, I was a little perplexed, BT, because I don't think it was received all that well immediately. And Why? I, I don't know. Like, Anthony and I went into it yesterday, and look, your rotation today as it sits, in my opinion, is better than what you had last year. And I'm not, not saying it's an ace, it's, I'm not saying it's an ace rotation, but Sonny Gray was a Cy Young finalist this year. He's got swing and miss stuff. He wanted to be a Cardinal. You got some certainty in Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Yeah. I, I don't know if people actually thought that you know, uh, Yamamoto is a thing, and it's to be determined because he hasn't signed anywhere yet, but I, I feel like that money is going to be quite astronomical for the Cardinals to shell out there. I was happy with Sonny Gray. 
You know, is there room to add another pitcher of some kind? Yeah, maybe. Maybe another two, three from somewhere. Maybe there's a trade to be had. I mean, I wasn't upset. I, I want to get your take on it because you're the pitching guy. No, I I, uh, I loved it, and I guarantee we'll get a bunch of texts into the Air Comfort Service text line that say, oh, Brad loves it. That's a shock. I cannot believe that he liked the <laughs> signing that the Cardinals had. Uh, but I do, man. I, I do for a multitude of reasons. And, and one is just the pitcher that you are bringing in. He is a guy. Is he uh, Is he Yamamoto? No, I don't know what Yamamoto is going to be. 25 years old, uh, from all the reports and just watching video, he's got a chance to be fantastic. Don't know. I know what Sonny Gray is, though, and I know that this is a guy over the last five years from 2019 to 2023. He's got an ERA just north of three. He's got an ERA plus of 138. And just to – it basically, the ERA plus just standardizes everything, uh, like league averages across the board, and the 38 part is that he's 38% above the average player. Just for a comp, Snell, Blake Snell during that same time, who Snell is probably looking at, Jamie, a seven-year, eight-year deal. His ERA plus during that is a 120, so 20% better uh, than the average. Like it, We can find numbers that are going to make Snell a hell of a lot better than Sonny Gray. We'll find numbers that make Gray a lot better than Snell due to the fact that he throws strikes, uh, and that's one of the biggest things with Snell. If the Cardinals added Blake Snell, would everybody be a lot happier than Sonny Gray? Like, I just don't understand uh, that that overall concept. Now, I will with you. If if uh, I don't see the Cardinals going out there, I could be wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, every single day, usually at home. Um, but uh, uh, if I don't see them going out and spending more free agent money on the rotation. Like, that doesn't seem to equate at this point. They have added a lot there. Um, and I believe that Mo said something to the the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, but hey, we'll see. You never know what might end up shaking out your way. Maybe that's one of those aforementioned trades that you were talking about. Still some big names out on the trade market. Glass now is still out there. Cease, obviously, we've talked about Bieber. But it looks like that they have their five set. And right now, having the certainty that is there and then having guys that were thrust into your rotation last year that now serve as depth pieces or maybe battling it out for a spot in the bullpen, Jamie, I don't think that that is a terrible place to be. No, I, I said it yesterday. I took some heat on the Air Comfort Service text line for, you know, liking the signing. Some people thought it was a great signing. So not everybody is seeing red over the Sonny Gray signing, signing, but what I liked BT, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but my overall feeling of the offseason so far for the Cardinals was was more than just addressing like pitching arms. It was also addressing culture. And I don't know this to be true. I'm not in the clubhouse. Don't know anything about the inner workings, but I do know that the clubhouse at times can be fragile. I'm not saying it was, but these guys coming in, I feel like Gibby's just a great guy. He's just that salt of the earth kind of dude that, you know, stabilizes a clubhouse. Lance Lynn's not afraid to pet the cat the wrong way, be a little bit of sandpaper in there if needed. And Sonny Gray seems like a guy that he's not going to take guff from anybody. He's ready to compete every single day, give him the ball, he doesn't care. And I feel like th- these signings were not only from, 
adding pitching, but also helping the culture. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that that is part of it. You're always looking to better your ball club when you're looking at from the analytics side, things like that are not factored in. It's like, oh, what's he gonna what's he gonna do in the room? Well, the room matters, as you know, Jamie. You spent most of your adult life uh, in an NHL dressing room. Like that that stuff matters and, and it matters uh big time. I don't I don't know if uh, there's a team around the NHL that, that found that out recently. Uh, we'll talk about that later. That's what's trending. Um, but but there, is, uh, there is absolutely something to it. And we talked about it when Lance Lynn signed specifically. Lance Lynn's a guy that will spit in your sandwich, tell you to eat it, and you'll be like, I'll, I'll, eat, this. I'll eat the sandwich because he's just one of those guys. He, just, he, he, is, he is different. And I said it at the time with Lance specifically. They needed that on their team in general the sandpaper grit guy that will call out anybody and is willing to be called out as well it's not a one-sided thing gibby good leader probably just gonna have to call him kyle here in st louis i don't think that gibby's gonna carry much weight here for <laughs> kyle gibson oh wrong bro. it carries a lot of weight well, i know i know but but i i just i don't know we'll talk to kyle about that a little bit more uh the aforementioned gibby in different spots as you mentioned really good dude and a great guy to have around your clubhouse and sunny gray i feel the same way so uh, these are all positive moves. There's nobody else in the game of baseball when you're looking at these teams that have made more moves than than the Cardinals. Talking about affecting your big league roster in a big way. They had their uh, they had their sights set on. I, I believe they had their sights set on Sonny Gray for quite some time. And Sonny obviously had his sights set on the Cardinals. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, too, Jamie, as you take off for your Bally Sports duties around 4 o'clock. Katie Wu from The Athletic is going to join me in studio. And she's got her ear to the ground with everything Cardinals. So we'll talk about, you know, future moves and where they might be looking. But also the fact that, you know, is St. Louis a destination again? I think that that is a really interesting part of all of this. But Marshy, they got their guys. Yeah. And they got better than they were Definitely. Well, a week ago. Absolutely. And we we were talking earlier, uh, you know, when we when we came in here, what was the what was the feeling around the fan base? And we got a message from oh, Brian from our Air Alliance team, our YouTube chat. Shout out to all of our YouTube friends. Um, Brian says the press conference got me pumped up. Okay. So I'm wondering if some people felt one way, heard what he had to say, listened to that kind of dog mentality that well, he passion. wants to bring and and sort of sort of change their mind. I wonder if there's other people out there that had that same same mindset. How do we find out? How do we find out if they people have that send mindset? Us mic drops. How do they do that? <laughs> Go use the free mobile app. It is free. Send us a mic drop. What or if they don't us. have an iPhone? Wow, I have no idea. Well, that, the, yeah, that's right. It's available at the Android store as well. Yeah. We've got all these things. Oh, you're talking about iPhone. Yeah. I Immediately, you said iPhone, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, they must have a flip phone. Really? I didn't even think about an Android. <laughs> okay. Didn't even no, think about it. Obviously not. Uh, but either way, whatever I mean, your device. iPhone, flip phone. <laughs> that's it. That's all there is. <laughs> but it, let us know. Like, Let us know how you feel. Have, have your feelings changed after sleeping on it for a day? If you weren't. 
positive about the Sonny Gray thing, which again, I, that makes no sense to me if you weren't uh, if you weren't high on that. If you were just looking to spend the most money and your win for the Cardinals was you signed the most money for the longest years, uh, then I guess they didn't win. But Sonny Gray has got a chance to go win a bunch of games uh, for the Cardinals next year. He's pumped. Uh, I'm pumped up. I won't tell you how to feel. You'll tell us how you feel leaving the mic drop. Jamie's pumped up to be on the call tonight for the Blues against the Wild, who have been horrible, awful. <laughs> they fired their coach. They're on a losing streak. Things are bad, but forget them. We'll talk about those guys a little bit later. Where are the Blues now after Thanksgiving? Jamie's going to tell us next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think we still have to get more consistent and improve more. And um, I think the one area that we got to understand that we got to do a better job is when we get down a couple goals is fighting back a little bit differently than we have been in the games and, and keeping it a lot closer than we have been. That is Craig Berube, the head coach of the Blues, talking about the first 20 games here for St. Louis as it has been an up-and-down affair. 11-8-1 is the record right now for the Blues. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Andrew Marshall here with you. Jamie is live in Minnesota as the Blues have some action tonight against the Wild. And, Jamie, it really is, I, I think that we all knew to expect a little bit of this, a little bit of that in a re-whatever-you-wanted-to-call-it year. Retool, reshape, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, Jamie. And I think that we have seen every bit of this. You have been there. You've been between the boards and doing a fantastic job, by the way, uh, on Bally Sports uh, all along the way. What have you seen with this team? Where are we at right now? And, Jamie, where can we expect this team to go? Well, I think overall it's been successful for the Blues. You know, I think there were a lot of question marks surrounding exactly what this team would look like. You know, last year did not go according to plan. In the offseason, you addressed certain needs. You tried to improve. The salary cap is your enemy when you're trying to retool or reshape a team in any shape or form. So when you're Doug Armstrong and you're Craig Berube, you know, you're looking for a team that can be playing above 500. And right now, that's what the Blues are doing. And they're currently in a wild card playoff spot at the U.S. Thanksgiving. I call it U.S. Thanksgiving because in the hockey world, there's a whole lot of Canadians. And you got to make sure you tell them it's U.S., not Canadian Thanksgiving. Jamie, it's just Thanksgiving, okay? This show is in St. Yeah. Louis in America. Thanksgiving. Well, Brad, you know, my mom... My mom is listening all the way up in Ottawa, Canada. You know she what? Might Never mind. You know what? Canadian Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, there are differences, and I think that we should talk about them. When is Canadian Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's in October. Yeah, of course Mid-October. Yeah. So it would, would not make sense to base your season off of, oh, I don't know, being three games into the NHL Sure. So point. after the real Thanksgiving, where do you think that we're at? Yeah. <laughs> well played. Um, no, I think the Blues are good. You're in a playoff spot. That's what you wanted to be. You want to be a competitive team. Ultimately, Doug Armstrong wanted this team to be, you know, top three in their division. He said, I think third place in our division is is attainable. And they sit three points behind the Winnipeg Jets right now, equal amount of games played. So it's it's right there. It's within reach. And this team has won three of their last four. They're playing a Minnesota Wild team tonight that, boy, it hasn't gone swimmingly for them so far this year, so much so that they fired their coach. 
They fired their coach uh, yesterday afternoon, I think at 3.30 or 4.30 in the afternoon. They got a brand new head coach in here today. He's trying to organize everything. And BT, you know this as well as anybody. Like when you get a new coach or a new manager in, like that first game or two, there's a certain push from that team because they're they're upset that a coach got fired and everybody's trying to impress the new guy right away. You're trying to, you, you always feel like this is your new lease on life, like we get another shot at it here. It's a brand new start. So this Minnesota Wild team, although they've underperformed, you know, this could be a handful for the Blues tonight. They've got some pretty good players. They certainly haven't played up to, to standard. They're minus 20 on the goal differential. So keeping the puck out of their net has not been something easy to do. And the Blues got to make sure that they apply that pressure and get a lot of pucks to the net. Jamie, isn't this something that we've seen throughout the year with the Blues? Again, in a, a topsy-turvy year where they do find themselves in a position, as you mentioned, first in the wild card, uh, a position that you would absolutely take. But don't you believe that... It doesn't really matter who the Blues are playing on a given night. It matters about them getting to their game or at least figuring out what their game is. We saw this a couple of weeks ago with the Sharks. I'm like, oh, they're going to go play the Sharks. They're going to, they're going to kill the Sharks. And then Stalter's in here cheering the next day <laughs> because because San Jose laid the wood. So, like, it's is it less of who you are playing and falling into these traps? Or this is this a great opponent and being more focused on what they need to be doing shift in and shift out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, it's not who you play, it's how you play. And I think that that is going to be even more important this year for the Blues because, let's be honest, they have some really talented players. But you don't have the high-end guy like the McKinnon or the McDavid or the Austin Matthews, guys like that that can just kind of turn a game on its head with three shifts and scoring two or three goals. You've got some offensive depth here. But stylistically for the Blues, it's how you play the game day in and day out that matters and we know that if the blues don't get the forecheck going early in a game if they're not pushing towards the opposition's end early in the game then it can turn on them i mean look at the games that they've lost where they haven't established their game early they end up giving away goals and once they get behind you know craig Berube talks about it this team has not had a lot of pushback when they're down a goal or two the only game where they were able to come back and even win was the Arizona Coyotes game where the, I mean, the lead changes were all over the place that game. It was whoever touches the puck last was going to win. But the other night against Nashville, the wheels fell off early and you could just kind of see, you know, the air come out of the tire, so to speak. And you can't have that. You have to stick to what your game plan is. You have to stick to being competitive. And I think that's the biggest thing with this year's blues team is that if you're going to be competitive in the standings, you have to make sure that you're competitive every single shift that you're playing. Jamie, now I do wonder this, okay? you got a couple things going. You laid it out perfectly. A team, after they fire their head coach or their manager, I mean, that team, generally, there's something. It's like that uh, that dog, right before it's time to go, all of a sudden is just fine. We're just running around the backyard. Everything's good. Good to go now. No need to take me to the park. <laughs> I'm good. I am good, good. And then I was like, you're not, but okay. Like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. It's an odd story, Brad. Well, I got one of those going on right now. Um, and then we, we, we've we got the – that's the unstoppable force. The immovable object to me is dad's trip, okay? The Blues don't lose during dad's trip. Since the inception, I believe JR had this at his piece at The Athletic, 8-1-1 one, and one is the record <laughs> Why? I mean, they got a different kind of swag when dad's in town. 
Well, it's fun too. Like these dads have been awesome. So much fun to sit and talk with these guys and hang out. But BT, like, think about it. If you had, if all the, if the Cardinals way back when and all their dads at the game, like as a youngster, you playing college, you know, whatever it is, like when your dad's in the crowd, there's just something different about it. Like you, you don't want to turn around and go off the ice or off the field and like, your dad's sitting there, just the old dad, like arms just crossed, stoic. Shaking, <laughs> shaking his head at you. Yeah. So I think that the guys are really pumped up. They want to play really well in front of the dads. And I mean, the record speaks for itself because all, those games, 8-1-1, have not been all like tap-ins. They've been some tough games along the way. And I think it's an interesting streak. But when you sit back and think about it, it kind of makes sense because you want to play good in front of your dad. And when he's sitting there staring at you, on the plane, on the bus, or whatever it is in your room that night. Like, you want to make sure you can have some fun. I would love to just be a fly on the wall in the suite with all the dads of the back and forth and how much coaching is going on. I guarantee you that they're coaching their kids <laughs> from up in the booth because most of them probably have done it for a really long time. I love the idea. I love the dad trip, love the mom's trip. I love having family involved. And uh, obviously, it's something that this team has responded really well to. Jamie, you were talking about just sticking to the game and that's what they have to do and there are some moving parts what do you think about the moving parts recently in the uh in the lineup here for the blues jake neighbors playing a huge role doesn't look like he's ready to move kairu has bounced around we'll get into these two a little bit more specifically a little bit later in the show but how do you feel about the combination especially in the top six well i like it obviously be a fool not to i mean they responded pretty well in Chicago in that game, albeit it's the Blackhawks where they're, boy, there's a lot of stuff going on over there right now. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that shakes up. But still on the ice. That's the thing. Yeah, you got to keep them at least at the arena. That's correct. And, you know, they've got young scoring guy in Connor Bedard who's tough to contain. But Other I like scorer the, on that team too, I believe. Yes, very much so, Brad. Well said. Yeah. And uh, I think that Jake Neighbors being elevated in the lineup has been great. I, I talked a little bit about it yesterday that – Jake Neighbors possesses a lot of the same characteristics as two guys, Ivan Barbashev and Braden Shen. You know, Shen, uh, obviously, that's that's long-term goal. You don't want to just put saddle the kid with that. But he possesses a lot of the same skills. He's, he's strong. He's not afraid to lay the body out there. He's good with the puck. He goes to the front of the net. He's got a goal scorer's touch. Like, a lot of these things translate to being able to create offense in today's NHL. And he's put with two guys that are extremely talented, and Buchnevich and Thomas – And so that line really clicking well the other night. And the other lines right now, some of them are still a work in progress because it doesn't just happen overnight. But I think that overall you've got some pretty good balance and it goes all the way down to your fourth line, your identity line, you call it. And it kind of seems like whoever you circulate through there, everybody's just fine. And I think the big reason is that because you always have Oscar Sundquist. He's kind of like the pillar of that identity line. And the other pieces you kind of mix and match, but... Top to bottom, they looked really good in, in Chicago the other night. Tonight will be a test because the Wild are going to be looking to bounce out of their slump here, and they're going to be trying to impress a new head coach, and they're at home. So it's going to be a big test. He's Jamie Rivers. Brad Thompson, Andrew Mars here with you in the fast lane. Catch Jamie tonight on the call. It's the Wild. It's the Blues. And uh, Jamie will break it all down for you. Then we'll break down a lot more Blues in the next couple of hours. But coming up next, who are the Cardinals chasing? In the NL Central, if you say everybody, you're not wrong, technically, from the standings, (laughs) but we'll get a little bit more into it. What are all these other teams in the Central doing? What do we expect specifically the Cubs? And I know Jamie's got a little insight on that. That's next on 101 ESPN. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says, St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Did the Cards make the most expensive moves? No, but we all knew they weren't going to. Did they surprise all of us? Yes, with Sonny Gray and the other two old guys. Now we just gotta see what's gonna happen next. I mean, they're doing better than last year when they said the payroll was gonna go up and then they didn't spend any money. So they're way ahead. Let's just see where this takes us, guys. It's better than nothing. I mean, that had a little bit of both there. Let's see where it takes us. Better than nothing. That was Ed, by the way. And Ed was uh, joining us on the text line. You know, you can leave a mic drop. Uh, Marshy broke it down for you perfectly earlier. If you have a flip phone, going to be tougher. But if you have an iPhone or an Android, we have an app. The app is totally free. Download it. Leave us a mic drop. We'd love to hear your mic drops throughout the show regarding Sunny Gray. Do you think people still have flip phones? Yeah, for sure. Really? I saw the other day, I was, uh, I was walking around Best Buy. Kids, Best Buy is a store where you can actually go inside it and you can look at things and before you even purchase online you'd be like oh maybe i want that anyways i was there for something specific uh and uh, i walked through the like phone area and they have now i think it may be for um aging people Hmm. uh, a little bit older individual who still know how to use a flip phone i mean there are some old people that are just like what is that uh, they got the rotary phone at home. Rotary phone. Kids, look that up, too. That is something you have no idea how to use. It. Jamie, have you seen those the, like YouTube videos and stuff or Instagram of kids trying to figure out what a rotary phone is and how to use it? Oh, yeah. Or oh. kids that you show them a payphone and they have no idea what a no payphone clue. is. No clue. Or know what a no. dial tone is, like the, the sound of, of a <laughs> dial tone. Uh, it, it is incredible. Yeah, but I saw these uh, these big flip phones for older people. Now, I don't think that you could download the app on these things. Uh, but throughout the show, whatever we're talking about, if you want your opinion to be heard, there's a good chance that we will play it. So leave us those mic drops on the 101 ESPN app. The question was, off the top, Jamie, who are the Cardinals chasing in the Central? Jamie, if you went by the numbers, the answer would be... Everybody. Everybody. Now, technically true. Uh, the Brewers Brewers won the division, 92-70. and 70. The Cubs behind them, Reds. Pirates. The Pirates. Boy, gotcha. That one hurts. By a five-piece McNugget. Uh, Pirates, who turned out lo- looking like, you know, the best team ever. He kind of knew that would come back to earth as they were still, uh, you know, 10 games under uh, or 10 games under 500. 
or somewhere around there, whatever they were. Uh, it didn't end up being the best year, but awful year, as we all know, for the Cardinals. The question that I pose, Jamie, as we've talked plenty about the moves that the Cardinals have made, we will speculate about moves that they will continue to make. My guess would be next stop bullpen, I would think, for the Cardinals as you're solidifying some of your pitching. But when you're looking around this division, Jamie, what what are you who are you really who do you believe that you are battling it out with? Do you truly believe that you are a bottom of the barrel team and you have to overcome everybody? Or who do you look at as the number one? Or I'll even give you two teams that you're truly fighting with within this division. Yeah, so for me, quite honestly, it comes down to one team because I I I throw the Brewers into this mix, but They've lost their manager. Their pitching staff is depleted from what it once was. And they don't have a whole lot of pop in their lineup. So I don't feel like that's such a juggernaut team. The one I'm looking at is Chicago Cubs. Like This is the team that made some big moves. The, the biggest move they've made so far is uh, hiring a new manager and giving him, like, buku bucks, a lot of money to run the ship. And BT, I mean... I don't see many teams that give managers that much money unless they're ready to put a team around him at the same time. That's a great point. The the only reason, by the way, I I think you haven't uh, seen too many teams give a manager that much money because no manager in baseball has ever made that much money. Five years, $40 million deal to bring uh, Craig Council over. So, yeah, they must have looked at him and just said, okay, well, this is is the guy that gets you over the hump. My question is for the Cubs, though. And the Cubs, look, they are in the rumors for Yamamoto. I've heard Otani. They're they're in the rumors for these different pieces. You've heard both get them both package deal we were talking about this last week uh, anthony and i you used to be able to have like that little league thing where you could bring a friend with you say like, all right well you're gonna skip the next draft pick you know that right but yes bring the two best players along they're welcome give you a little chicago deal a little midwest discount those illinois taxes are great so uh, I do think that uh, that that's it's really interesting who they're rumored around but remember uh, two of their best players from a year ago are free agents currently also. So you still have to fill the Bellinger hole, which you could potentially fill with Bellinger. Like, that could be him. Then what? Marcus Stroman, your number two behind Justin Steele. After that, that rotation, obviously, uh, or honestly, I think it's very questionable as well. Jameson Tyone, good a few years ago with the Pirates. Not exactly sure uh, what Tyone is going to be. Uh, you, you've got... Uh, um, uh, what's his Hendricks, who's over the hill at this point, with all due respect. Not that it stops teams in the Central to bring back old guys, but he's old guy, not effective. Okay, I think it's a little bit different uh, when, when it comes to I him. Hope. Yeah, they've got I Jordan hope. Wicks. They've got the uh, they've got Javier Assad currently penciled in to their rotation. Who, by the way, I like Assad. I, I like having that swing guy around. But nobody is really scaring you there. The big question when it comes to the Cubs is. How much are they truly willing to spend when it comes down to it? Because, yet yeah, you make the great point about, about paying for the manager. I really just don't know. Are they comfortable approaching that, like, $300 million number that it might take to get a couple of these different guys? Because if they don't, or even if they just, like, replace the holes that they have, even if they get Shohei Otani, okay, if they pick Shohei Otani up, bring back the rest of your roster, that does not make them a World Series team. You need more. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I circle back to the obvious, at least for me, is you spent historical money on a manager. 
Like who in their right mind would go and do that and then not give that guy some players? And I know that adding on Otani would be great. Uh, certainly it'd be phenomenal. But to your point, like that's not all that the Cubs need. I mean, if Otani was pitching next year, boy, he sure he checks a couple of boxes for you as an ace and then also a, a big bat in the middle of your lineup. But next year, he's potentially just going to be the big bat in your lineup. So I don't know. I, I just circle back to the ownership giving a lot of money to a manager. And then I feel like to make that manager successful, like you've got to give him a team. Here's an interesting text from the 636 and talking about what team uh, that the Cardinals are chasing, You know, who do they need to beat, what team could beat them. I don't know if this is snarky or not. It probably is. I'd look out for the Cardinals in the, N- in the NL Central. The Cards have done a great job at beating themselves in past seasons. Now, I think that's a little, little snarky, Ooh. but I think there is a, a point there, though, that how far is this team off? Are they getting beat by other teams in their division, or are they just simply beating themselves and they can course correct some of those things and be back to where they were a few well, years ago? I would say, again, total fairness um, and total honesty, last year's team was not very good. Mm-hmm. Like You look at what you were rolling out at the end of the year, that wasn't a major league product. Now, you did so because midway through you weren't playing well, you traded off a lot of different pieces, you had some injuries, you had to call some guys up. But last year you went in – with a couple, again, paraphrasing what Mo was talking about uh, last year, but made some bets, right? Made some bets on some outfielders, really making that step forward. That's Tyler O'Neill. That's Dylan Carlson. Those bets didn't really pay out last year. Made some bets on your rotation. Jack Flaherty being among them. Matt's being among them. Those bets didn't really pan out for you. So this year they decided to, instead of putting all of their money in the, hey, let's hope this rotation holds up category, they said, hey, let's go and get stability. Let's go and get guys that have taken the ball, that have provided innings, and by the way, have provided good innings too. It's not just, I know I, there was plenty of the, the uh, oh yeah, well what about quality? These guys have given you quality throughout their career too. You are at a point with, with Kyle Gibson, and, and I know this has been talked about a lot. Yeah, Kyle Gibson and Miles Michaelis each led their respective league in hits allowed. Not exactly ideal. Lance Lynn, as we all know, led the league in uh, in home runs allowed with 44. I think that you could also look at this and look at bulk of work and believe in outliers also. Yeah, Gibson and Michaelis are going to give up hits. They are more to contact guys than we have uh, than you're seeing around the game of baseball. Everybody's looking for swing and miss, something that you do get with Lance Lynn minus the 44 home runs and something that you do get more of uh, with Sonny Gray. I heard that laugh, Jamie. Sometimes you're going to run into them. <laughs> Okay, power I wasn't pitchers. Gonna go there. Power pitchers. You brought it up. Well, power. <laughs> I knew somebody was saying it. Power pitchers give up home runs. You compete with that four seam cheese upstairs, and you pitch bell high. Guess what? Somebody's going to get you every once in a while, but not at the not so friendly confines of Bush Stadium. Ever since 2009, when I left, they must have made the place bigger because boy, has it been pitcher friendly ever since then. But it is uh, it, it is something where the the team itself last year just wasn't wasn't good enough, and I, I think that that is very obvious in their ending record of 20 games under 500 uh it just it wasn't a good enough ball club they needed more certainty we're spending a lot of time talking about the pitching and rightfully so and we'll talk about the bullpen we'll get into more of this stuff later but offensively you got to put up more too your young guys have to take huge strides forward you, you have to get uh some sort of semblance of continuity in your outfield need to know what that looks like i think we know about newt bar and i think we know about walker that those guys are going to be out there 
What's that third piece? Is it Tommy Edmond? Is it somebody else? Do they still have some deals to be made? Again, we'll talk about all of this uh, throughout the day. And keep your mic drop coming in. Keep your text coming into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9640. Is it 46? 9646? 9646. Okay, because yes. typo. Typo on oh this thing, Marshy. Oh, my goodness. 9646 <laughs> is the tax line. I did that earlier. That's not Marshy's fault. I just I have fat fingers. I got baby hands. I didn't do that. All right, anyways, what's trending? Jamie's got some interesting news coming out of Chicago, in and out of Chicago. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending? BT. You definitely teased it. The Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks, have waived Corey Perry for unacceptable conduct. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess we're all all left here to just speculate. Guys, I I missed some of the speculation yesterday. Pardon me, uh, because I'm out of the loop. Let's be totally honest. So... What was I mean? What was the rumor? I mean, what was what was being floated about on the internet? I mean, give me. Give me something. It doesn't have to be true. And I think that we should start with the fact that it may or may not be, probably not, could be true uh, of of what it was. So what was the speculation when it comes to Cody Perry? Uh, All right. So speculation, not even speculation. We'll say, oh, a hot take. We'll call it that. Um, Rumor has it. Rumor has it that Corey Perry had had... um, relations with Connor Bedard's mom. What? Yeah. That's that was, not a thing. But that, yeah, that's, it's not. It, that's, it's not. What do you mean that's it's not? That's the... It's not true. Um, oh, boy. Yep. Uh, no, so here's, here's where we're at. And, and, uh, well, they... Room, well, no, it's nobody. <laughs> maybe it's somebody's mom. <laughs> Brad, Jesus, I'm going to get Somebody's this. child. Yeah, um... I don't know exactly what they're going to announce. Apparently, the Blackhawks are going to have a press conference at 4 o'clock today. Okay. Um, I do know for a fact that the rumors that were out there are not true, that they were just falsely made up. Um, but whatever it is that happened between Corey Perry and an individual was deemed to be for lack of better words, offside as far as the company policies are co- concerned. Okay. Um, Look, Jamie. I think that's that's probably the only wrongdoing is that the company policy uh, frowned upon it. No, which is, hey, everybody's got a company policies. You may not agree with some of your companies, but uh, the rules are the rules. Now, going back to the rumor, which you say you, you've got good sources around the league and that, that didn't happen. To the best of your sources who have been very, very good. We will absolutely put that out there. That being said, let's just go down the rabbit hole for a minute, if you will. (laughs) Um, Where did did Perry begin his NHL career? 
Uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. With the Ducks. Now, who coached the Ducks? That's right, Gordon Bombay. Now, Gordon Bombay. <laughs> now, while, I mean, he was a coach. No, you're not going to do this. But you're Charlie Conway's mom. Yeah. Boy, boy, he, and Charlie didn't seem happy about it at first. Mm. And maybe, you know, learned to love him. Probably called him dad, which could happen in this scenario, too, which is totally made no. up. Just saying, no, man. I mean, you not. could see this coming from a mile away. No, you really couldn't. <laughs> well, and he was he was flirting uh, at least uh, in his, in the second time, the second go round was flirting with Team Iceland's trainer. Really? Yes. I don't even remember that. Gordon Bombay's what happened to Gordon, What happened to Charlie's mom? I don't know. I mean, hopefully she died or something. I mean, no, I she like, didn't. Oh. Oh, say, no, no, Brad, say, we don't hope that. No, when I say hopefully, I just don't want them to, like, fall out of love, like, you know? <laughs> so, like, he's looking for... They lost that love and feeling somewhere. Yeah. He went back to play pro hockey for the Minnesota Wave, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the, okay. unfortunately, things happen. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So, anyways, it'll be interesting to say, see what they have to say about it at the press conference, uh, Jamie, as you mentioned. Uh, but either way... Uh, Perry is no longer a member mm. of the uh, Blackhawks. He'll be looking for a new team that maybe has looser uh, rules. Like, r- rules. Looser rules. Uh, speaking of a former Blackhawk forward, Patrick Kane is signing a one-year two, uh, $2.75 million contract with the Detroit Red Wings. Perfect transition, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, very much so. Um, no, Patrick Kane, uh, recovering from a hip surgery. Uh, he's been to all the experts around, and and according to uh, what I know to be true, Steve Eiserman, the general manager and president of hockey operations for the Detroit Red Wings, flew to Toronto to have a meeting with Patrick Kane, and whatever Stevie Y said um, got Patrick Kane on board because apparently he had other offers that were even multi-year deals, yet he turned them down for a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, That team's playing pretty well this year. They find themselves in a playoff spot right now. They've got a couple of really good players, a couple of really good young players. Now Stevie Y looking to add to his roster, and Patrick Kane's a great addition. He played with Debrinkit before in Chicago, and those two guys lit the lamp all over the place around the NHL. So what, who's to say it won't happen again for the Red Wings? I think it's a great signing. I think it's a low-risk signing for the Red Wings. Jamie, sliding it back to Connor Bedard's mom for a oh second. Uh, just had a, a Interesting thought. choice of words. The rumor, the rumor, again, as we were talking about off the top, in seri- all seriousness, okay, there is, uh, I'd say, a decent amount of trash talking that happens on the ice in the league. The rumor is false, as you mentioned. That being said, that stops no one. From that being the thing that you talk about all the time in passing, how could that affect a young player like Connor Bedard? Again, all seriousness, that is going to be number one chirp left and right. Yeah, I'm actually less worried about the chirps from around the league. I really am. I'm I'm more worried about Connor Bedard from a social standpoint within his own locker room and with the media and, and social media and things like that. Like, guys can chirp and... The, the guys are going to know it's not true. Now, can you spin it a certain way and just be like, hey, yeah, I would have too? Like, spin just the to news? Make sound, Is that what you're saying? Just spin it to where, you know, mm. you, it's not really, hey, I heard about your mom and, and Corey Perry, even though because everybody knows or will know that that's false. 
but it could be spun a certain way. Be like, hey, yeah, I would too, you know. And it's like, hey, whoa, oh. you know, these, it's my mom here. But I, I'm just Anybody this is a young eighteen. There's, he's an eighteen year old phenomenon yeah. who has cameras in his face every single day. Uh, so far this season and now he's got cameras in his face for everything but hockey and that can be damaging to a young kid and which he that's did why I don't nothing like. to deserve like mm -hmm. that's the thing 100 percent. that's why i don't like the rumor being out there i don't like that somebody put it out in the universe because the kid's got enough going on right now he doesn't need to be dealing with that well i like the fact that you actually fact checked it for us jamie and again it, again this is in all seriousness jamie who has mm -hmm. plenty of connections around the league uh they have said absolutely in no way shape or form is that rumor between cody perry and connor bedard's mother is that true and we did get a text Correct. from the from the 636. Uh, I know we like the joke, but I hope this doesn't become a big distraction for uh, Connor Perry. I mean, uh, Bedard. Oh, boy. Either way. There it is. Not true. Not true. Didn't happen. It's not true. Not, we're not, mean, it's fun. Not going to read true. any more texts like that if you have them. Not going to read it. <laughs> 314-399-9646. That is the Air Comfort Service text line if you oh. want to get uh, involved. All right, coming up next, Jamie had mentioned this a little bit earlier in regard to the Cardinals. Maybe it's got a little bit of a blues hint to it, too. Are the Cardinals building a better culture currently, or are they building a better team? Does the answer fall in the middle? We'll find out next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you don't, if you're just kind of halfway in, you're gonna you're gonna get halfway results. I mean, it's just it's just what I believe, and it's just who I am. It's just how I live my life. It's it's just I don't know. It's just it's just who I am, and it just it just comes out when I get in when I get around baseball and when I talk baseball or when I when I pitch and when I do stuff, I mean, you, you have to, it, it takes a lot. Like it takes a lot to, to be great. And I also know that one pitcher doesn't make a team win. You, you've got to have everyone. You've got to have every guy on the staff, staff, bullpen. You've all got to be, you've all got to be pulling in the same direction and have a common goal and have a common belief. That was new Cardinal starting pitcher Sonny Gray as he was introduced to the local media. A three-year, $75 million deal to bring in the veteran Gray. And the Cardinals have got a guy at the top of their rotation now. Currently sitting after the signings of Gray, Gibson, Lynn. You have Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz. And uh, Jamie, what I would call a very veteran presence when it comes to rotation. Is that where you would go with that? Yeah, Brad, I think that's accurate. Yeah, the uh, the youngest starter for the Cardinals is Stephen Matz. Stephen will turn uh, 33 next ah, season. So look, spring chicken. Of course he is, and they've got experience on their side. But the beauty of that is, it, it, for me, is the fact that you have young talent, but you're not having to rely on that. You've got your Liberators and Thompsons and Graceffo and Jerpy and McGreevy and Tink Hens and all. You've got these guys. But you're not thrusting them into a spot at the beginning of the season where they need to carry the big freight. It's inevitable, Jamie. We know this every single year. You're going to have to use more than your five starters that you started off the season with. Very rarely does that happen, uh, but it is nice to have actual depth. So, And when you hear Sonny Gray, and I believe you guys played the press conference live during the show, right, Jamie? Correct. So 
when you got done listening to him speak, because Sonny Gray started the press conference with, like, ah, shucks, I really don't have a lot to say. I didn't prepare any remarks. 30 <laughs> minutes, boom, of just, well, you got to be great, and it's 100%, and it's more than one guy. Like, if you didn't know a ton about Sonny Gray going into that press conference and you're a Cardinal fan, which, by the way, I totally understand. You watch the birds on the bat. That's who you follow. I would have to think that you came away from that saying, damn, like the Cardinals got a dude right here. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. And you're, it's funny because he says, well, I didn't really prepare anything today. Well, I, I said to Anthony yesterday, can you imagine if he did prepare something? <laughs> I mean, my goodness, he had a lot to say, but I think he's excited. And I think that's what happens a lot of times when we get excited about something is we want to talk about it. And we want to talk about the why, and we want to talk about the future, and we want to talk about the good things. And I think Sonny Gray really wanted to be a Cardinal. I think that he likes the tradition of being competitive here in St. Louis. Certainly the number of championships speaks volumes as well. I'm sure some fans would rather have one. It's been a long time. Well, you're right, but not really. Look at some of the franchises around Major League Baseball, and uh, you'll see that it hasn't been that bad for you. But no, I was on board right away. I was on board as soon as he started talking about wanting the ball and as soon as he started talking about, yeah, he's not here to uh, smile and talk to the batters and like he's in there to compete and yeah. the enemy is the other team. I was like, yeah, I got I signed this guy up. He could play for my team. Oh, right kill everybody. Let the paramedics sort him out. The program Pretty still much. a very good movie if those haven't seen Marshy it. Marshy hasn't seen it yet, I don't think. Marshy, have you not that's seen the program lie. yet? Of course I've seen it. Oh, that's it. right. I have oh, seen of it. Of course. And I've also seen Idiocracy, both movies that you guys recommended so to me. How'd you feel about that one? Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Different genres, right? Different genres, for sure. Very good. You've <laughs> seen that say, one, haven't you, Jamie? Idiocracy. I have not seen. I have not seen that yet. Jamie, right up your alley. I think uh, Crocs were in that movie before they became famous. Were they really? I think so. Still, something I don't understand yeah. is Crocs, and I say this knowing that someone, many someone's, right now listening to this at various jobs. Um, probably not ones where you have to dress up, are wearing Crocs. Yeah. And they're supposed to be really comfortable. They're hideous. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Probably not going to get a Crocs. Well, I met the guys. Soon. I met the guys who started Crocs. Were they and, uh, Crocs? Met them through, through what's that? Were, were they drunk? No. they. It, it almost started as a bit of a joke that it was kind of like a fad thing. Like, let's make a shoe that looks like a duck beak <laughs> or, you know, and like just like whatever. And then all of a sudden... It took a while, and then it took off. And even they were like, we couldn't believe it took off. And now they're like, you know, basically swimming in hundreds all day long because a piece of rubber with a mold that they made out of kind of a joke is now so popular. Oh, man. Well, where are we going to start this horrible idea that we think's a joke and then go <laughs> We've had a lot it. of horrible ideas. We just haven't we made money for them yet. You know what? <laughs> uh, my kids a year ago, Jamie, um, from a, a family member, uh, got a 3D printer. Now, it took an entire year for that family member to come back into town and hook it up. So then that just happened recently. So this 3D printer has been going like for the last couple of days. And it's like unreal what these things do. I'm going to come up with a stupid idea on that thing. We're going to sell it as a joke, and then it's going to take off, and we're going to be loaded. 
We're going to have a couple of bourbons, and we're going to come up with the dumbest idea, Yes. And hopefully we'll make money off yes. it. Yes, and again, real quick, text. We're going to get into the culture thing in a second, but uh, text to the Air Comfort Service text line. BT, have you seen Hoosiers yet? I have not. I have not seen Hoosiers yet. That's on oh, me. Wow. Before spring training starts, I will watch Hoosiers. That was a running joke a couple years ago. Joke's on me. Still haven't seen it. By the way... Idiocracy came out in 2006, and everyone in the movie wears Crocs because they were cheap, and the film's producers thought they were too horrible-looking to ever become popular. (laughs) Oh, my God. There you go. Oh, man. And you'll never, after you watch that, you will never look at Fuddruckers the same way because that is, I mean, the evolution of Fuddruckers. Just imagine in your head what that name could turn into, Jamie. That's it. Uh You absolutely nailed it. So you hear Sonny Gray talking to the media. You hear him saying all of the right things. We know what Lance Lynn is. We know the the leader that he has been in his career. And I, I know that when... Everybody's talking about Lance Lynn. One of the first things that continues to pop up is that he gave up 44 home runs last year. Do you consider, Jamie, the Dodgers to be an intelligent organization? Yeah, I do. I really do. They traded for him. They wanted him to be there for the innings that he could provide and for the experience that he has and for the leadership abilities that are there last year. Did it work out exactly like they planned it with the four home runs in that one inning in the play? No, no, not exactly. But they're like a smart organization that brought in this guy. And you bring him in as well and a culture changer. Same thing with Gibson. I think especially on the heels, Jamie, of two years in a row where you're losing your best leaders. You lose Yachty two years ago. You lose Wayno now. You have leaders more so in follow me in Goldie and Arenado, and I know that those guys can absolutely lead with their voice too when they want to, but more of the like follow me type of personalities. I think that you bring in more vocal personalities here and you help yourself in the room, which through a 162-game season means a lot, and you obviously help yourself on paper and on the field. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's something to be said for having those veteran guys who have, you know, been there, done that, and that are still answering the bell. Like you look at two guys in Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson that they took the ball every time they had to take the ball and they pitched as many innings as they possibly could pitch. And they didn't want to do the five and dive. They didn't want to do six innings. They wanted to get to complete games. Back to what baseball used to be is let's get to the complete game and maybe, maybe we'll have a closer come in in the ninth. So I look at that as a positive thing. I look at that as if these if these older guys, these veteran guys still want to take the ball every single time they're called upon, they want to get out there and they want to shove and they want to compete. Like how can a young guy – look around the clubhouse and have any kind of an excuse for anything, whether it's a positional player that, you know, has a sore hip flexor or, or a tweak in the shoulder, or whether it's a pitcher that is in the bullpen that, you know, isn't quite comfortable pitching two days in a row, or Man, I'm not sure. Really? Really? My agent said it's not in there, my best interest. <laughs> yeah, at Lance Lynn over there and Cal Gibson are going to tell you different. And I think that that's important. I think sometimes the policing, so to say, 
has to come from the players. It can't just be the manager all the time getting in guys' faces. No, I, I totally agree. Sonny Gray, again, as you heard off the top, and if you haven't uh, heard his entire press conference, it's worth going back and finding uh, because he comes off incredibly well. St. Louis is going to love him, and it sounds like he already loves St. Louis. He said that this, you know, this was the place that he wanted to be, and I hope it's a, a fantastic three years for Sonny and for the Cardinals. We got Jamie Rivers, who is live in Minnesota right now, going to be on the call for the game tonight on Valley Sports. You also have all the action right here on 101 ESPN pregame starting at 6 o'clock. But I bet you got some blues questions, don't you? It's been an up and down year. It's been some great stuff. been some, I don't know, stuff. Maybe you've got a random question that we haven't even talked about that you would love to hear about. That's where the blues cues come in. Your blues questions. Text, uh, text them in to the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. You can always leave us a mic drop on that 101 ESPN app as well. Blues uh, Blues Cues is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. If you have got a blues question, get it in right now because we slash Jamie probably has the answer. It's Blues Cues here on 101 ESPN. Marshy, kick us off and it, it, let's be honest. The text of the text line, did any of them have to do with Perry and Bedard, who are not blues-related, mm-hmm. but still hockey-related. If I had to, let's just say we had 10 questions come in, okay. about nine of them were about Corey Perry and or Connor Bedard. Okay. Oh, All right. Well, aside oh, from that, which Jamie did lay out perfectly yes. through his sources, which he truly vetted, which uh, I know we joke a lot, but Jamie has poked a hole, for lack of a better term, in Ooh. that rumor. Because he said that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened per people close to it. But the Blackhawks will talk about it. Could I have used a better term there, Jamie? Maybe. But on the spot. No, no words, Brad, I think you've used all the best terms, quite honestly. Words come out. Yeah, you definitely ex- don't want to poke a hole in that situation. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Seems messy. Gotta be careful. Anyways, Marshy, what do we got? Uh, from the 618 Blues Q. More of a Canadian question. What is the deal with Canadians starting their answers with, yeah, no, and then answering the question? Yeah, no, I don't understand why they do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why players do that. I think that some some of these guys, and I get it, they're not in the media yet. Some of them will have, have a career down the line some of them will never have a career in public speaking or media and they're doing their best to answer a question in front of a camera that they may not necessarily be comfortable in front of so the yeah is the first thing out and then no if they're disagreeing with something or it's yeah and then they'll go i don't know it's yeah, like it's a, the crutch what do you call that it's a crutch that's it mm-hmm. A hundred percent. So I don't know why it happens. To me, it's just guys who are still, you know, a little 
anxious in front of a camera or with the media. Okay, Jamie, along those lines, because this is one in hockey I don't understand, and it's the media that uses it more than anybody, whether it's writers or analysts, when it comes to talking about Blues players or, or just hockey players. Instead of specifically saying that player, they would say in terms of like, you know, a guy like O'Reilly mm. could do that. No, you're specifically talking about O'Reilly. Why don't you just say <laughs> O'Reilly? Why is it like a guy like Kairou needs to play? No, Kairou needs to play a 200-foot game. Why is it always a guy like? Well, I think that in some instances, you want to make sure that people realize that that individual is not the only player in the league with that certain type of skill set that could, you know, improve their 200-foot game. So if you have a player like Jordan Cairo, Gotcha. So Bad if example. you're in another market or if, you know, what if people think of Patrick Kane a certain way or uh, Patrice Bergeron, another defensive forward, like if you have a guy like Patrice Bergeron, yep. I mean, that's the best I've got. I don't have an immediate you a, answer mm-hmm. for you. You got a guy like Neighbors. Pull. You got a guy like Neighbors who's yeah. uh, find himself on the top line. No, you have Neighbors. He's on the top line. What is he doing? <laughs> Why is he so effective? I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it, Marshall. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to no, start BT, listening yeah. to more media all all around. Got I, got, I, I don't know. There, I feel like there's a lot of things like that. For sure. I, and, and we have them all, and we don't even realize it day to day. Got a guy like Marshy who's got another question. From the 302, Jamie. Jordan Cairo, not a guy like Jordan Cairo, but Jordan Cairo is in an odd performance slump while Jake Neighbors is stepping up in a big way. Was Cairo oversold, or do you think he will get uh, he will get out of his slump on the flippy flop? Do you see Jake Neighbors continuing to rise, or does he level out? Well, I, I think look at Jordan Cairo still at one point led the team in scoring chances and shots on goal. So he's certainly getting his opportunities. And at some point, the bubble will burst to where he scores a bunch of goals. Uh, I'm not worried about the offensive side of Jordan Cairo. I think that's going to come. I think it's inevitable. He just has too much skill overall to not get the opportunities to score goals or create offense. And the flip side of that with Jake Neighbors Look, I think I think it'll plateau a little bit. I hope it doesn't. I hope Jake Neighbors goes on to score 40 goals. That'd be awesome. I'd be happier than, you know what, for the kid. He's an awesome individual. I just think that, you know, Jake Neighbors overall, he's a guy that's a 20 to 25 goal scorer at his ceiling. And could that change? Yeah, of course it can. I mean, anytime, you can always have a breakout season. Things can change. And that from there, the trajectory of your career substantially changes. But based upon... What I've seen and what I know and what he's done in the past as far as his junior career and whatnot, I think being a 20 to 25 goal scorer, a 55 point guy is an awesome spot to be for Jake Neighbors. By the way, we got a text from Rosie and Thanks Dad, both on the same wavelength right here. Uh, BT, you'll appreciate this. Also, don't forget the Kairos and the Thomases of the world equals Jordan Kairou and Robert Thomas. Good call oh. on that. Yes. Yes, and maybe we do that in baseball too, but I don't think so. I think generally we talk about a specific player. You know, a guy like Wainwright or a guy. No, it's Wainwright. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. 
I've never noticed it before. Now I'm not going to be able to stop noticing You're going to be doing it on the broadcast tonight. <laughs> hey, you look at a guy like Neighbors. <laughs> you're like, a look at that guy. No, wait, no, I don't mean that. I mean Dude. actual Neighbors. JK's going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> we got a text from the, uh, the 636. Obviously the Blues are on the road tonight in Minnesota, but the 636 wants to know, my fiance wants Blues tickets for Christmas. Do I get glass seats behind the bench? Am I behind Jamie Rivers? Or do I get all-inclusive seats? What are your guys' um, thoughts? No green seats, of course, at the Enterprise Center, so Brad can't help you out. But, Jamie, what do you think? So, one, don't get a seat behind me because I can tell you what, the people who had that spot before saw a lot more of the game with Darren Pang there than they do me. That's a great uh, I think call. They're upset. Oh, you I think, think about upset that? I'm a foot taller. Than a tiny bit wider. <laughs> like, I'm, you're, you're a strapping <laughs> lad, you know? And Panger's wholly <laughs> jumping, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that those are not the greatest seats. Although, you know, certainly there's advantages and disadvantages to wherever you sit. Behind the bench is always kind of cool because you can see the inner workings of what's going on. You don't necessarily get to see a lot of the ice in that spot. Uh, Down by the glass is also an amazing experience because you see just how fast the game happens out there. And when you're far away in some of the sweet seats or whatever they are, it looks like, why? why didn't he do this? I mean, that guy's wide open. How did he not see him? Then you get down on the glass and you see that there's, you know, 10 individuals skating around at 20 miles an hour flying around all over the place and you can't see anything. And you go, oh, okay. I can see how this could be more difficult. For me, it would be like getting down to like behind home plate and watching that ball come sizzling in and then going, oh, now I understand why it's hard to hit a ball. Big time. So that, that is, when you talk to somebody that has never had that perspective of behind it, because you see from the side a lot of times, and you can see movement profiles, but you don't see like true sink or you can't see the bite of like a cutter or a slider. It is a different animal. Mm-hmm. Like the closer you get, the more you realize this game is yeah. hard. The ump cams are awesome <laughs> for Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, they are. Those are sweet. I wish we'd see more of that because it's really cool. Yeah, I feel like that is something, Jamie, any sporting event I go to, and like whatever level it is, too, you realize how quick it moves. Whether you go to a small like college basketball game or an NBA game, it is a different thing. Like You're watching just the athleticism, the cutting. Obviously, that's the, the case uh, with, with hockey. I would like to be as close to the action. Do I have this? Can I be as close to the action as possible, yet still all-inclusive drinks? It's kind of what I'm looking mm. for. And food, They fine. do have that. Yeah, They I do want have those. a couple of the clubs that are located underneath. They have those those tickets where you get glass seats. Yeah, and right put them on the glass. That's what those kinda, tickets are called. You can kind of get up and go down, and there's a couple of the clubs. I, I, I should know the names of them, but, you know. I don't attend those clubs, Brad. Smart, Jamie. I, Smart. I, I definitely yeah. think if, if you're bringing someone who hasn't seen a game and you want them to really experience hockey for the first time, definitely getting closer to experience that speed. And as they get more comfortable and more into the game of hockey, then get some of those seats that are more up top so you can see the development of plays and just watch everything happen. I think that would be my personal recommendation. Um, what do you think, Jamie? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, anybody look the, the 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 hook for hockey fans or new hockey fans is seeing just how fast the game is in person, and seeing the body checking and seeing some of the chaos that ensues. For me, that's the hook. So if that's the case, get them down close to the action, let them really appreciate it, and then yeah, as they get more educated, you know, you can get a little higher up and get a little more visual of the entire ice at one time. 
But yeah, I agree with you, Marshy. By the way, we got a text from the 636. BT went with, in quote, a Libertor, a Thompson, a Graceffo a couple segments ago. <laughs> Did I? Hey, the Run text line is gospel, right? I, I believe it to be true. <laughs> and by the way, Jamie, in answering my question, you said, yeah, no, and the text line is calling you out for it. It's hard. I hate this. Just talking for a living is difficult. You got a guy like Jamie who's on the broadcast tonight for Valley Sports against the Wild. You got a guy like Marshy who's doing it all behind there. He's talking, adding to the show, and pressing every right button. And a guy like VT who's just filling in for the day. And all three of us, our expertise is football. That's right. It's NFL stock market. Buy, sell, hold. Next on 101. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Brad Thompson here with you in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We've been breaking down a little bit of everything, but it is now time for your favorite game. It's the NFL stock market. You buy, you sell, you hold. Apparently, we are not allowed to sell every single one of these teams. Marshy, is there a specific theme to this one today? Yeah, today we are doing the NFC in the hunt. So teams that are sell. in the hunt. Uh, yeah, all these teams uh, not looking great. I did include the Vikings in there. They are currently sitting in that final playoff spot in the they NFC. They do not deserve to be well, there. Take them off the list. That is why I put them in the hunt because I don't believe they are a playoff team after what I saw real, last night. Real so quick. we'll start with them. Okay. Why what happened last night? Oh, yeah. Jamie, you, you're in the you're in the damn city. You should know. Ah, there were paper bags on people's heads all over the Jamie, place today. Chance, you were there last night, right? Yeah. Chances are you might have found yourself in an establishment that had alcohol and television, right? Correct. What were what was the fan base like in Minnesota? Uh, a lot of uh, f bombs. Yes. A lot of uh, embarrassed. A lot of ticked off. This team's garbage. We're never going to do anything. A lot of those things being said. I uh, I liken it, Marshy, to we were mm. on the road. And I forget what year this was, but we were in Pittsburgh. And it was, it was during the NFL offseason, I believe, but it was when Ben Roethlisberger got into his motorcycle accident and, like, the whole, like, city was like, oh, we're done. This football and life is done. I feel like that's what Minnesota fans feel like at this point. And remember, I said motorcycle incident. No other incident am I talking about in regards mm. to Big Ben mm. at the time. But, Marsha, you're a Vikings oh. fan. Yeah. No, last, last night was tough. Um, yeah, I actually got a headache watching the game. I just told you that. Like, I legit felt terrible like physically because of what I was watching I'm really hoping and now I'm just a Minnesota Viking fan I'm not a Minnesota twin fan I'm not a Minnesota Timberwolf fan and I'm definitely not a Minnesota wild fan I'm really hoping that misery creeps into tonight all right so let's let's start with this buy sell or hold and I want to give it to you the Vikings fan I want you to have the floor here for your team I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold on the Vikings uh Josh Dobbs looked like, as Anthony called him, the best quarterback in the world two weeks ago. Uh, 
Since then, not great. Four interceptions last night. I'm not even sure if he will even be the starter coming out of the bye week. Jaron Hall could be that guy. He had one good drive before getting injured against Anthony's uh, Falcons. So I don't really know what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but they are getting Justin Jefferson back, and I feel like that will go a long way for this team. So I'm going to hold on them for now. Uh, I don't want to buy them uh, just because I know what this fan base has gone through in the past and you know missing the playoffs or losing the first round so I'm going to hold on my Vikings for right now just because I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position yeah I'm going to do the same I'm going to hold and the reason I'm holding is even though that was hot garbage that I witnessed last night uh, they're still in a conference that allows them to still be sitting in a playoff spot and when you look throughout the conference like the NFC South is clearly just hot garbage top to bottom So I feel like the Vikings, even if they can pull their socks up for a couple of games here, still give themselves the best chance out of any of those other teams to get into or limp into the playoffs, rather. So I'm going to hold. I am a victim of recency bias, and I am selling... I am selling. I am selling. You lose to the Bears, who, by the way, yeah. we want to talk about disgusting. Four, four <laughs> interceptions. Terrible. Zero touchdowns for the Bears. Like that's hard to do. I think that so that whole Justin Fields conversation. I think that's a pretty easy one to have at the end of the season. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about the Vikings and Marshy. I am selling your Vikings. I'm not selling all the Vikings fans. I know there's many of you on the text line that weigh in three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. But I'm selling. By the way, we got a uh, text from Marsha's Burner. The problem is Anthony gave Josh Dobbs praise, ruined the the poor guy's career. Yeah, you get Anthony's seal of approval. Yeah. (laughs) Does he get the kiss of death a lot? And he put the Vikings at number 10 in his Stalter stack up, which is a curse. But you know what? In fairness, Marsha, he warned you. He He, warned you. He did that on purpose. You made him mad. You, you made him mad, and yeah. he said, guess what? Just for that, I'm putting the Vikings 10th on my Stalter stack up. And every 10 team that he's put in there has gone to have horrible success the following week. They have. They have. And um, they have not won a game since. They lost to the Broncos, who are playing well right now. But still, it's the Broncos. I think you should win that game. And then, of course, they lost last night to the Bears, who are a terrible football team. So, um I don't know what to think right now. Let's move on to another NFC North team, though. The Green Bay Packers are also in the hunt right now. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Green Bay? I'm selling. I don't believe anything that I saw last week. Um, Jordan Love has been an adventure. We'll call it that throughout this season. And I, I just, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's possible. But I'm selling on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, And I am buying on the Packers, and I'm only buying again due to the atrocity, which is their division, and the fact that in Jordan Love, it's impossible to know what you truly have, but you do have a guy that has sat behind a veteran for a couple of years. He does know the offense. A very good game for him. Three touchdowns. Didn't have a pick against Detroit. I thought Detroit was going to beat their brakes off and didn't end up happening. Now, we see outlier games all the time, but I will go recency bias here, and I will be buying the Packers. Yeah, the Packers, I mean, big win this past week against Jamie's Lions, so maybe they can uh, gain some momentum. I'm going to I'm going to hold on the Packers. I think right now, I think there's the three teams right here that I'm going to hold 
other teams I'm going to sell, so spoiler alert on that. But I'll hold on the Packers for right now because they made a push last year, even with Aaron Rodgers not having his best year. They were in a spot to make the playoffs, and I think in this in this well division, but in this uh, conference, any one of these teams could make a run at the end of the year. Let's go with the Los Angeles Rams who picked up a victory this past week. Buy, sell, or hold. Boy, the uh, NFC sucks. I mean, this is. Yeah, it does. When you, you look at like the Falcons at five and six, just firmly planted up in there. They're looking pretty good. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hold with the Rams at this point. Now, the Rams uh, at at last recollection, they are fine. And I guess nobody at this point of the season uh, is truly, in fact, in fact, healthy. But they're pretty good to go, right? Is is Cooper Cup beat up again? No, he he plays so. Look, I think that when you get you got Stafford back, you got Cooper Cup. I think you've got yourself a chance offensively. I still believe uh, in the offensive mind uh, at, at the top. So I will hold on the Rams. I sure can't buy it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, hmm. I want to sell so bad, but to BT's point, with this conference just being an absolute disaster, like anything is possible for these teams that are. You know, five and six, six and six, even four and seven in the NFC South. Like the the Buccaneers aren't out of it yet. So if they're not, the Rams aren't. So I'm going to hold on the Rams. I'm going to sell the Rams. I know they've won two in a row, but they beat the Seahawks, who haven't been playing all that well. They beat the Cardinals, who are not that great. They'll take on the Browns next week. I don't know what to expect from the Browns, if their defense will win them that game. No idea, but then they take on the Ravens and they have the 49ers at the end of the year. In between that, Commanders, Saints, Giants, all winnable games, but I don't believe that this team can really put it together and at the end of the year be a playoff team. So I'm going to sell on the Rams. You know what I think, Marshy? I think that uh, since this has been going on, I believe every Tuesday throughout the season, we need some sort of checks and balances to hold us accountable. You know, we can't have be having a... Uh, uh, people in the stock market just buying and selling with yeah. your money without knowing if we're winning or losing. That's That'll true. be a thing next year. Don't know how exactly to quantify that. But that is your stock market <laughs> buy, sell, or hold. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a player you're buying right now on the blues. Maybe he's on the top line. Maybe this player, if he had stock, maybe he'd be selling it. Too bad. He's got a big contract. Are we supposed to be more excited about Jake Neighbors right now, or, or are you more concerned about Cairo, or is the answer, like it usually is, somewhere in the middle? Jamie's going to tell you next on 101. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Brad Thompson. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We got Jamie for about the next 10 minutes before he heads off and calls the game tonight on Valley Sports. It is the Blues against the Minnesota Wild, who have been struggling mightily. But none of that matters, Jamie, uh, because as we talked about, it's about the Blues playing their game. We were talking about this leading into this segment, and there are some things. We've seen some very good things out of this Blues team. We've seen some things that you expected during a retool or a re build do you want to start with the absolutely hey this is a good thing jamie or the head scratcher i'm not sure if this is good or bad but i know it's expensive 
Huh. Well, Brad, based upon you leading the witness, you have there, no idea um, where I'm going with this. I'm just laying yeah. it out there. I think we start with what we'll call the less positive. That way we can crescendo with positive. After. Okay, look, I like to finish strong. Um, and uh, uh, Jamie, as, uh, as you know, uh, I'm a positive person. And I believe that Jordan Cairo is a positive player. This is a guy. Mm-hmm. He did lead you with goals last year, right? Was it was it 37 that he had last year? Yes. Um, now, on pace this year for 16, I believe the, the number is. Not quite as good, but a player like him with his scoring ability can turn on quickly and all of a sudden these numbers turn on their head. Like, we all know that that is there. My question with Jordan Cairo, there's a couple of them I have for you, actually. But one of them, do you think that his lack of goal scoring specifically right now, Jamie, has to do with the fact that he's paying so much attention to trying to be that complete NHL 200-foot player that Craig Berube wants? Yeah, no, I don't find those to be uh, connected. That's what I said. That's why I threw yeah. it out there, so you could just take it and slam it. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you did that. It's not good then. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, Jordan Cairo's 200-foot game has evolved. It really has. There's a number of times this season where I've been impressed with the way he's back-checked, how he's pursued loose pucks, how he's played defense in the defensive zone. His game is ever-evolving, and that's going to happen for a young player in general, but specifically a young, you know, completely offensive-minded player. It's going to take a while to get to where you need to be. But I'm not worried about Jordan Cairo overall. He still generates some of the most opportunities in a game of any Blues player. He's always got the ability to get wide, use his speed, get a shot on net. He plays on your power play. You know, a couple of times this year, he's had you know eight, nine, ten shots on goal. He's had twelve attempts on net. Like, I would be more worried if he was generating absolutely nothing. Sure. And uh, he'd become some kind of a defensive-minded guy that you're just like, whoa, this is completely out of character for this player, and it's really it's affecting him because you can see that he won't go anywhere except play defense. That's not happening with Jordan Kyrie. I think that, I think that there's some compete issues there i think that when i say issues i mean consistency to where playing a 200 foot game or just playing in the nhl overall is a tough thing to do night in and night out and i think that jordan Cairo is continuing continuously evolving into the player that he wants to be but i'm not worried about the offense i do feel like that's going to come jamie is is there and maybe you don't you don't have to have a, a comp i always hate those questions like who's the comp for this guy but is there a guy like the, the or a, the type of player around the league where you look at him it's like how the dude does his score but we have the pieces around that we can make up for what he lacks on the other end like i wonder if there are sometimes where you just let a guy it's like boy this bike he's crap at this other side but hot damn is he good at this let's just let him go do this like go be great and go just score don't yeah. think about the other stuff well, look, if you ask Craig Berube, he's not going to give you the truth when it comes to this. And I say that because he doesn't want his player to ever hear, like, it's okay to be average defensively as long as you're scoring me 30, 40 goals a season. Right. I mean, you'll never hear that come out of a coach's mouth. But we all know there's players uh, every night that we watch on TV that are having massive impacts on their team that aren't really 200-foot players. Cody Perry. I, I go back to... Go back to Brett Hull, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And 
Look, Holly knew when to compete. He knew when to shut it down. Heck, he could kill penalties. He could do anything you asked of him, but he preferred to just score goals. And you let him do it. And you surround him with the pieces that can maybe pick up the slack uh, for a guy like that. Now, I wish Jordan Cairo was scoring goals at a rate like Brett Hall did, because that would certainly make the uh, overlooking the defense a lot easier. Wouldn't talk about it, but, Jamie. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Don't go there. But that being said, if you can get more consistency of a 200-foot game from Jordan Cairo, that's fine. You're going to – anybody who knows the way that the game works, they know it's not going to be perfect. They know that Jordan Cairo will not – it just overnight turn into Ryan O'Reilly defensively. It's just not going to happen. It may never happen, but you still have to have a certain amount of defensive awareness out there to be successful. Just, I, I think that one of the biggest things for me, and again, not knowing hockey uh, like you do at all, but from the outside looking in, I want somebody to know that there's an aspect of their game that needs some help and cares and works on it. Never expect them to, to be great, but there's a part of your game that maybe is lacking. One side is great. My baseball comp right now, potentially for the Cardinals, would be Contreras behind the plate. He's fine. Could he be better? Yeah, he could be better behind the plate, but does he have a hell of a weapon with a bat in his hand and is he a net benefit for your ball club of course he is so like the the there's always little pieces of your game that you continue to work on and hopefully just become a more well-rounded player now a guy that's looking like a well-rounded player early on is jake neighbors who finds himself on the top line jamie when you had him coming into the season like fourth line coming in what did you believe he was going to be and what has maybe shifted your thought or at least surprised you to this point 20 games in yeah I think that I knew that he was going to be a competitive guy night in and night out I mean he's physical he's not afraid to get to the corners he's not afraid to get to the front of the net and so I knew that you could count on Jake neighbor showing up every night and competing the one part of his game that's evolved quite a bit for me early on is just his ability to flat out finish and, and put the puck in the net. Like, he's had a couple of goals this year where you're like, wow. Like, I didn't know he had that in the toolbox. Certainly, this soon in his NHL career, like in junior hockey is one thing because you can still be kind of a man amongst boys. But that's not the, t- the case in the NHL. Like, you're playing against the best guys every night. And right now, in the specifically last game, if you're playing on the first line, you're usually drawing one of the toughest matchups with the opposition. And Jake Neighbors, you know, he, he gets in on a breakaway goal. His speed burst was fantastic. Then he made a great move to the back end and, and waiting out the goalie and scoring. So for me, the only surprise would be that he's got that ability to finish when he gets the opportunity. Right now, he leads the Blues in shooting percentage, too. Almost 26% is a shooting percentage, which is astronomical. Now, that will taper off at some point. But it just goes to show you that when he gets opportunities, He's able to score the goals. Is it a bad thing for the Blues if he remains on that top line for the entire year? And I know it's hard to believe that he would, just all the moving and shaking that happens during a season. But would that be a bad thing? Depends what rate he's producing at. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, and, and a lot of it's predicated, uh, obviously, Jamie on Cairo, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and look, if Jake Neighbors continues to have this kind of offensive success while playing on that line, you're not touching it. You're just not. And what you're going to do then is you're going to build up a second line that can create opportunity for Jordan Cairo to bring what he's got to the table too. And again, I'm just going to double down on the fact that Jordan Cairo, the offense will come. It will be there because he's just too skilled, too fast, and possesses too many great things about him, himself offensively 
that you can't overlook. It's not an accident that he's had two seasons in a row where he's been a point-of-game guy. He's Jamie Rivers. He's got a bus to catch. He's got to get to the rink because he is on the action on Valley Sports tonight. Again, you can hear all the action right here on 101 ESPN. You've got the pregame starting at 6 o'clock heading into the game against the Wild. Jamie, great stuff today. Go call a great one. Hopefully bring us home a winner. Not that you need to do anything. It is Dad's trip. They're just going to win anyhow. (laughs) Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate you coming in and helping out today. It's good to see you, man. Absolutely, YouTube brother. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. We have got Katie Wu from The Athletic. Katie is going to fill in for the next two hours, and she might just be oh, wow, she might just be the, the fighter of the gauntlet. I mean, she might take on. Who do we have today, Marshy? <laughs> today we have Patty. 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 Could be a Patty-Katie showdown. We will see. The gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Welcome back to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN alongside Andrew Marsh. You might be thinking Jamie Rivers. He's here. No, he's not. He was for the first two hours. Now he's got work to do tonight on TV as he'll be on the call against the Wild on Bally Sports. So we have coming to the rescue Katie Wu from The Athletic. Katie, what's going on? Surprise, surprise, Brad. Oh, you, you're back in town. I thought you were in the Bay Area. I'm all over the place. Of course you but are. But no place I'd rather be than here with you reunited again. It has been way too long. I appreciate you lying to my face, but thank you for being here. We're going to have some fun. We'll talk plenty of Cardinal Bay well, obviously, in the second half of the show, but we have business to attend to, okay? You have never done the gauntlet, is that correct? You've never been in this? That is very true. I mean, there's a lot going on. And we have Patty, who is returning. Patty, how are we doing today? I'm good. You're good? Are you confident? I hope so. I mean, it's interesting because two people are out, so we'll see how it goes. I know, and two random minds are in. Uh, yeah, Katie could Katie could be a hockey savant. I'm you not. have no idea. I'm not I, Patty. I could be able to me, break down me. soccer. Also, not not great in hockey. So. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, Marshy, uh, do I understand that she picked Patty picked her category yes. yesterday? So, Pat, what was that category? So, Patty, in the first round, she chose random. Uh, so, she will pick a new category today, and the random wheel will spin either UBT or Katie, and that will be her opponent. Oh, it is on. It is on. All right, Patty, tell Marshy to spin that wheel. No, she's got to pick her category Pat, first. Pat, pick that category. You tell Marshy what you, it is. Are you going to spin the wheel first if you want? And then Golly, I can pick. I'm stupid. I don't come here enough. <laughs> Guys, Football. Football. Did she say baseball? She said no, football. I definitely did not. I'm, no. I'm panicking already. Okay, football it is. Football. Now you tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Spin the wheel. I'm, I'm hoping for you, Brad. I, you know Fingers what? I was rooting for, for you. Brad. Like, I missed her football. Oh, it is going to be BT. I love my life. You're going to be great. All right, but then you're in charge of this show now, too. Mm. You're going to have to talk more. You and Marshy and together. The All right. okay. I am out of here. I am going to Ugh. the uh, uh, the silence room. There's no snacks in there, no nothing. But 
I will be back. Patty, best of luck. Thanks. All right. All right, Patty. You know the drill. You have four questions. For those that may be listening to the gauntlet for the first time, if you answer the question correctly without using the options, you get two points. If you have to use the options and you get it correctly, you get one. And of course, if you do not get it right, you get zero points. Are you ready for question number one? Yes. All right. Question number one. Category is football. Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and which other quarterback have thrown a league-leading three pick sixes this season? Ooh, options. Options are Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, or Sam Howell. I'm going to go Sam Howell, final answer. All right. I got number two. Yes. All right, Patty. Which Pac-12 quarterback currently leads college football in passing yards? Ooh, I'm not going to college football options. We got Bo Nix. Michael Penix Jr. and Cameron Ward. I'm going to go Cameron Ward, final answer. All right, question number three. Cody Schrader is second in the NCAA in rushing yards this season, only behind which Oklahoma State running back? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Options are Ollie Gordon, Taj Brooks, or Omarion Hampton. I'm going to go Taj Brooks. All right, Patty, question number four. Which division in the NFL currently leads the league with 28 wins as a division? All right, let's bring in BT. How are you feeling, Patty? Ooh, a little rough. Those were hard questions. They Those were, were tough, some Patty. tough questions. They were tough. <laughs> this could be a Welcome barn burner. All right, BT making his way back into the studio. All right. Tough right, questions coming your way, BT. Yeah, not, yeah they're yes. pretty tough. But I believe in you. You can ra- do this. Random's my favorite category. Well, that, I got to tell you, that's yeah. that's number one for me. Patty's really good at random, though, so it's a good she thing. She beat at random Patty. yesterday. You? Well, she beat me in random. It wasn't yesterday. It was, it was uh, I believe it was last week when yeah. she did round one. Uh, but she, she's really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Patty, best of luck. Let's do this. All right. And, uh, of course, pack a lunch, BT. Here we go. Question number one, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and which other quarterback have thrown a league-leading three pick sixes this season? Oh, it's a great question. A three pick sixes. And it was Bryce Young. Who's the other one? Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and which Jones. other quarterback? Are we sticking with the Alabama theme? Are we going to a, uh, that would be, <laughs> I think he's done it. Three pick sixes. Oh, he's had to have done it. Anthony's guy. Didn't uh, like Desmond Ritter, (laughs) didn't he throw like a hundred picks already? I'm just going to go Ritter, final answer, just throwing it out. He did lead the league. This was like weeks ago, but yeah, go Desmond Ritter. All right, BT, question number two, quite literally the only question I would have known the answer to. Well, thanks for the pressure. You you got it. Which Pac-12 quarterback currently leads college football in passing yards? 
Pac-12 quarterback passing yards. Is it Caleb Williams? Is that the answer? What's that kid up in Washington? Oh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> the kid in Washington. Caleb, didn't he get hurt? Give me my options, Katie. You got Bo Nix. That's the Michael Penix Jr. Cameron Ward. Michael Penix is who I was looking for. Good thing I didn't say Caleb Williams. Um, give me Bo Nix. Final answer. Katie's judging me as I answer it currently. I would never judge you. He does live at times on the West Coast. Sam. <laughs> All right, BT. Question number three. Cody Schrader is second in the NCAA in rushing yards this season, only behind which Oklahoma State running back? Yeah, that would be uh, options. Options are Ollie Gordon, Taj Brooks, or Omarion Hampton. Boy, sure I'm guessing. Ollie Gordon, Taj Brooks, or Omarion Hampton? Mm-hmm. And you probably can confirm these are all NCAA players this year, right? <laughs> uh, give me Taj Brooks. Taj Brooks, final answer. Old Brooksy, his teammates call him. Or T-Money. Mm. Mm. I don't know if you knew that, Katie. T-Money. All right. Well, I'm not going to start calling you B-Money. But question number Still four. Early. <laughs> Which division in the NFL currently leads the league with 28 wins as a division? Which division leads the league? Not the NFC South. Any. NFC. Is it the... I'm going to go AFC West. Yeah. Final answer. All right, let's go over these questions. Let's start with question. Let's start with question number four. Did I get any right? Which division in the NFL currently leads the league with 28 wins as a division? Both of you did not need the options. Didn't use the options. Maybe you probably didn't need the options. Patty, you said <laughs> NFC East. BT, you said AFC West. The correct answer is. Oh, was it me? It's the AFC North. That's mm. what I see. Oh, that makes sense. You got the Bengals, you got the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers. So no points for either of you. Okay. Let's go with question number three. Cody Schrader is second in the NCAA in rushing yards this season, only behind which Oklahoma State running back? Hi, Brooksy. You guys both needed the options, and you both took Taj Brooks. Correct answer is? Ollie Gordon. Ollie. Mm. Probably a late transfer. Mm. Still 0-0. Zero, zero. Question number two. Which Pac-12 quarterback currently leads college football in passing yards? You guys both took the options. Patty, you went with Cameron Ward. BT, you said Bo Nix. You wanted to go with Michael Penix Jr., but you couldn't remember his name. From Washington, correct answer is... It's a good thing you didn't go with Washington. It's uh, Bo Nix. Bo, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Okay. Tell me that's not a NFL football name. 
Uh, like Bone Axe. Like, like that's he was in a yeah. movie. Yeah, sure. Which movie would, would he be in? Like the program, it's like draft day. Like he's more of a draft day kid. It was always Bo Nix. You know what I mean? Who, who was the the quarter? It was Bo Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan. You're See, you're so in sync. <laughs> All right, final question here. Patty needs a point to tie to send it to a walk off. Question number one was Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and which other quarterback have thrown a league leading three pick sixes this season? Patty, you used the options. You said Sam Howell. BT did not use the options and said Desmond Ritter. We know from the options that Desmond Ritter was not an oh, option. I should have got mm. the options. Got so the options. if it yeah. is Sam Howell, confidence here. <laughs> if it's Sam Howell, then Patty will tie this and we'll go to a walk off. If it's Daniel Jones or Derek Carr, who are the other options, BT wins. And Patty, unfortunately, your playoffs will come to a close. The correct answer is... Patty, never a doubt, it was Sam Howell. Walk it off. We have a walk-off. Oh, my. That's what we need is more football questions. One-to-one, an absolute barn burner today in football. Good job, Patty. So this is how the tiebreaker will go. I'll ask the question. BT will write down his answer. Once BT has his answer written down, Patty, we will need an answer from you. Closest to the pin wins. Hey, I haven't done this with the uh, cameras in the room, Marshy. Should I show you like around the camera so it can't just pop up yeah, on I YouTube? Mean, you could, yeah. Alright, let's wow, do that. that's smart. Yeah. Alright, no big deal. Here we go. Tiebreaker question. How many passing yards does Bo Nix have this season? How many? <laughs> I wrote down seven first, feeling pretty confident, and then you asked the question. How many passing yards does Bo Nix have this season? Gonna make the math a little difficult for you guys. All right, BT has his answer. Patty, what is your answer? Patty, um, all right. I'm sorry. Um, let Let's go 2,600 yards. All right, we have a winner. Patty, you have chosen poorly. You lose. Not today. Katie, what was the correct answer? The correct answer was not seven, BT. It was okay. 3,906. Wow. BT undershot. 31.35. So he's one of the closest. Patty, that was, uh, I mean, that was a back and forth. Actually, just got a text to the Air Comfort Service text line saying, this is like last night's football game. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, but, Patty, thank you so much. You are a, a gauntlet champ, and I didn't deserve that one, but we appreciate you playing. Patty, you're a rock star to me. Oh, oh thanks. We'll have fun. We're going to try. We are going to have fun. It is Andrew Marsh. Katie Wu from The Athletic, she is in for the final hour and 45 minutes. And we're going to talk plenty of Cardinal baseball. I want to get Katie's response, initial reaction to the signing of Sonny Gray. I want to continue to get yours, too. Leave us a mic drop on that 101 ESPN app. Did your mind change a little bit, too, after you heard Sonny Gray? Kind of a passionate dude. I think he's going to be a good fit here. So leave us a mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. And as always, the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Sonny Gray, and maybe what's next for the Cardinals coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brad Thompson and Katie Wu running my favorite afternoon drive time show. 
Oh, this is heaven. This is this is an early Christmas miracle. I'm gonna try on Mariah Carey and celebrate. Hey, uh, Katie, what are you hearing from clubs outside of the Cardinals organization in terms of their reaction to the Cardinals move so far? Uh, are other teams angry? Were they shooting for any of these guys? Are they kind of looking at the strategy kind of like we in St. Louis are of a little bit of, well, a little bit, mostly skepticism. Uh, what's the rest of the MLB thinking about our moves? And uh, love the show, guys. Even better now that you're on the air. Well, that was Katie and I's new best friend, Robert. Robert. Who's happy that we are here. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Katie Wu of The Athletic, Andrew Marsh, Brad Thompson, all here with you as uh, we break it all down. And let's start there. Let's piggyback off of uh, Robert's mic drop. That's how that works. People send in their mic drops. And we get their thoughts and opinions on things, especially if they're flattering. And then we bounce off of those ideas. So from an industry standpoint, I know like teams don't go around, Katie, and say, well, I really like what the Cardinals did or I don't like what the Cardinals did. But you think about the concept of picking three free agent starters off the market, two of them, well, all three of them, honestly, very early in the game. One of them uh, would be more of a top-tier starter in Sonny Gray, who they bring in on a three-year deal what do you think teams around baseball who are looking for pitching, how do you think they have viewed what the Cardinals have done? Well, I know one team that did not view the Cardinals favorably after they signed Sonny Gray was the Cincinnati Reds. Sure. They were the runner-up, hoping to have a reunion with Sonny. That did not happen. But I think from an industry perspective, it's a little strange that the St. Louis Cardinals are setting and pacing the starting pitching market because that's essentially what they've done. I don't know about you, Brad, but when – Hearing John Mozeliak say, we're going to go out and get three starters, I didn't think they were all going to be through free agency, and I certainly did not see that happening before December 1st. That they were able to do so, plus get Sonny Gray, I think kind of sent the industry through a loop. The markets are really unestablished right now. There are a lot of teams with big money waiting to see what Shohei Otani is going to do, mm-hmm. where Yamamoto is going to go, maybe Cody Bellinger, and then it's kind of sporadic from there, but the Cardinals took matters into their own hands and said, we need starting pitching, so we're going to set that market ourselves, and that's exactly what they've done. I think they've surprised some people. I thought it was interesting, too, from from maybe a fan base, and this could just be, like, it could be Twitter or text, maybe it's a vocal minority, but as the Cardinals picked up Lance Lynn and picked up Kyle Gibson, again, it's not the, the top end of, of your free agent market, what they picked up was certainty, and that's something that they had little of last year. What were your initial thoughts when they grabbed those two? Was your thought going to be, man, the Cardinals are going to stand pat for a while and miss out on those guys on the, the, the high end? Or did you like it at the time but weren't sure if that was going to be it? So full disclosure, when I heard that the Cardinals were signing Lance Lynn, I thought it could not be more St. Louis than that. Um, and then they signed Kyle Gibson the next day. And you're, and you're writing your story like, about Michael Waka. You're like, <laughs> okay, he's back. Like, Who's next? Who's next on the reunion train? Who has any Missouri ties? But now that we've seen these these moves play out over the last week, it makes total sense. And I think that's why Mo was preaching patience. And I understand fan skepticism or desires to not be patient. Do you totally want to be understand. patient shirt? Um, I we would have love B patient shirts shirt. right here. 101 ESPN. Marshy, let's make sure she gets a B patient shirt. Marshy, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, can be done. I love that. Um, we should match on opening day. Don't. No, but I think, <laughs> I think now that I'm seeing what the Cardinals were planning out, it was that they had to go out and get those innings early because there was no use in going out and getting a top tier arm if there was nothing to supplement the rest of the rotation with. It's not like the Cardinals only needed one guy. They needed to add in volume. So by going out and getting Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, and I believe the Kyle Gibson market was maybe a little bit more competitive than people are thinking, 
And getting those durable innings and making sure they had that on lock, I think that allowed the Cardinals to go out and really feel 100% confident in pursuing Sonny Gray, who was their preferred target all along. And a lot of people look at, they hear preferred target and they think, yeah, because he's the cheapest. He he fits the mold of, of what they're trying to do uh, at the Athletic, which again, if are you having any Cyber Tuesday deals going on right now? You know, we are having a holiday gift sale. We okay. just missed out on our Black Friday sale. Okay. But you can gift a subscription to yourself for $20 a year. That seems like a good deal. Um, so, well, I'll do that. Yeah, do yeah. that. Gift and yourself a gift on Giving Tuesday. Can that be like on your, is that on your like X or Instagram? I'll do they it call it there. the X? I call it Twitter. I'm a, you know, uh, Elon's I don't gonna like to be change. a little upset about that. Oh, sorry. Elon. Either way, on uh, on uh, the athletic, I think it was two days ago. Might have been yesterday. They all run together at this point, Katie. Uh, but there was a, an article about the top ten like worst contracts, like these albatrosses that are still out there. And I want to say that six of the ten were starting pitchers. Happens a lot. You give that long term deal, that seven eight year deal. Now Yamamoto's twenty five years old. Could age great. Like it could be a, a perfect one by all accounts. He is as dominant as they come. Snell, I don't think, will age well. I think that contract will be the last like three years of it. They, they'll be whoever signs him is going to be looking at us. Golly, that's a that is that is a lot. But do you think that the fit was not only financial, like just the long view, but also for what they need right now and the type of pitcher and the type of guy Sonny is? It probably checked both boxes. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, look, say what you want about the Cardinals, but they don't rebuild. And they're always competitive. And the reason they're able to do that is because they don't find themselves in these long, compacted contracts where you've offered seven, eight years to a pitcher who's turning 29, 30, 31. They don't kind of go for the win now, hope later approach. They try to be consistent every year. And, you know, I think I can speak for both of us, Brad. I didn't think the Cardinals were World Series contenders at the start of 2023. Boy, but I, I did. And I was preaching it. And you all know that. I was like, boy, they're just, they're right there on the. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, no, good. Right. No, like, good call. Yeah, all no, right. Good call. Good. Oh, that's like, I don't want to check you here. No, nope, feel free um, to speak for me more. <laughs> but I did not think they were a last place team. I didn't think they were a 91-93 loss team. Um, so because they're able to be competitive every year, I think it makes sense. You look at Sonny Gray. He was going to have a relatively high AAV. He got, they got it for $25 million, but they only had it for three years because Sonny Gray is 34. He wasn't going to command a long-term contract. I think he fit what the Cardinals needed to do financially. They can't have all of their money tied up in just a couple of contracts. I mean, we talk a lot about the rotation, but that bullpen needs some work, too. And then I think from a competitor standpoint, I mean, talk about crushing a press conference. Sonny Gray checked all the boxes there. It's easy to see why the Cardinals liked him so much. And I think it's a great sign that Sonny Gray, one of the top available pitchers in free agency this winter, wanted to come to St. Louis. I think that's a great sign for the Cardinals. I think it's a great sign for the culture. He talked about the winning culture, the baseball culture here. That Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, obviously also know so well. I think that's a great sign for free agents in general and for the Cardinals fan base that these players still want to come to St. Louis, even if 2023 did not go the way anyone planned. So St. Louis is still a destination. The question is, who is next? What is next? Katie has every single answer to every question that we're all going to have. All of that is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So I guess my big question is, when's it ever good enough? When are we ever going to be excited that they're doing something? When are we ever going to be excited about 
that they're working towards getting better. Nobody liked last year. We all hated last year. So they're doing something. They're getting veteran pitching. They're getting arms that can go more than three and a half innings. Yahoo! I mean, it's not signing the greatest pitchers ever to pitch, but at least we're getting people worth a dang. That is James. Snaps for James. Leaving the mic drop. Even though at the end of it, he said, it's not like signing the best guys, but <laughs> the, the, the concept of of, of when, is, uh, when is it good enough? And Katie, you know this. Katie Wu from The Athletic, Brad Thompson. If you're not subscribed, if you don't follow Katie Wu on every single platform, shame. Shame on you. Looking right at both of you on YouTube. Shame of you doing that. Uh, but uh, Katie's got all the news all season long. You need to be subscribed o- over at uh, The Athletic. But that is something. Like I feel like we can never be totally happy. The answer is when they win a championship sure. is, is the answer in St. Louis. The bar has been set. Now, with that being said, Katie, I don't think that they would they would uh, the fan base would be totally happy with a Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, bring back Wayno, bring whoever you want. Doesn't matter who ends up winning that championship that's what a, a winning team looks like but it is uh, it is very difficult to architect a winning team and like you said it's v- even harder to make sure you have the opportunity to do that year in and year out and a 20 game under 500 season yes that puts a dent in you but I think that the track record speaks pretty highly about the organization I think so too this is your Cardinals PSA that was really good <laughs> props um, I think when, when you're looking at the Cardinals and, and what they can do next or when, when it becomes good enough, look, I, I loved the Sonny Gray signing. I was a little surprised to see uh, as much backlash as I did. I mean, he is, again, one of the top arms available in free agency. He wanted to come here. He was a stud for Minnesota last year. Maybe the news didn't hit as well in the morning. I, you know what? Certainly didn't hit me <sighs> on, well in the morning. On this station, so, Atlanta. I get it. Maybe we were just a little sleepy and cranky after the holiday weekend. But... Um, I think when you couple that with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, it seemed like the Cardinals were done, and maybe that was just a a maddening reaction from the fan base. Okay, guilty as charged. And you know what? It happens. Oh it happens. man, I was I. I must have woke up on the wrong side of Marcy, the bed did yesterday. Did you not see the other day as the show was beginning? After we got the news of Kyle, you didn't see you participated. Yeah, we got the news that. Kyle Gibson was now. By the way, uh, you'd be a perfect one to ask about this, Katie. Are you uh, are you calling Kyle Gibby at all yet? In any of your writing, a little tougher to do in St. Louis. His nickname's been Gibby everywhere he goes. With just a playoff the last name, tougher to pull off here. What do you think? I think it's pretty tough to pull off. I also because I haven't actually like shook Kyle Gibson's hand yet. Yeah, I feel like I have to call him Kyle Gibson. Okay, no, right? that's fair. Mm-hmm. That is fair. Okay. We'll ask we'll ask Kyle about this, and maybe he would just be the first one to say, "Please just call me Kyle." That'd be <laughs> that'd be really good uh, instead of that one. But when Kyle signed on the heels of Lance Lynn signing, all of us in this room, mm-hmm. me, you, and it's just a happenstance, like we were ready for it anyhow. All had our "Be Patient" shirts on. We did, and look at that. You're patient for what four more days, three more days, I a know. weekend, and then you get Sunny Gray. Good things come to those who wait. I just I made know. that up. Good, write that Never down. Heard that really, before. good things come to those who wait. Katie, feel free to use mm. that in any 
athletic piece you do. New headline I coming think, up. I think it will work very sure? well. I'm done waiting, Katie. What's next? That's what every that's text line just said that. What is next mm-hmm. for the St. Louis Cardinals? Do you believe that they make the next move? Is it via free agency where they've been very active? We all know the bullpen is still a necessity for this team. Is it a trade? Just got a text here that I made up. Said, is Glastow a possibility? <laughs> what about Cease? Bieber? Like, where do you think they go at this point? So, BT, what you're describing right now was what my Twitter mentions look like maybe 0.7 seconds after the news broke that Sonny Gray signed, um, and which I love that this fan base is like so excited about what's next. But I was like, I, I don't know. I, I just, like you, saw that Sonny Gray signed in St. Louis. So let's take a deep breath. Now that I've had 24 hours to kind of sit and may have some conversations, I do think the Cardinals will pursue the trade market a little more heavily. Mo's been pretty candid in saying that hasn't really been an avenue that they've looked at. Obviously, they just did three free agent signings. But the winter meetings, they're considered, you know, the hotbed of the industry for the hot stove action. They start on Sunday in Nashville. That's where I think you're going to start to see the trade market be established. I'm not sure if the Cardinals are necessarily done with their rotation. Now, here's my hot take. Oh, I love hot takes. All right. Are you ready for it? Yes. That was Taylor Swift I'll lyric. wait. Good okay. things come. Oh, yeah. Duh. To those who wait. So... You have five starters, which is great. There are five starters in St. Louis on November 28th. All of them have proven track records. BT, you tell me the last starting rotation in baseball where all five starters made all 32 starts. Mariners? Back in like 2000 or 99? So that was 97? what, like Is that 20? true? I don't know. I, don't I know. made that up. I feel like it's like, it, think, it doesn't happen, right? I think the Mariners did a long time Maybe. ago. Yeah. Okay. You so, weren't born. I was, I was kind of born. Basically, you have no <laughs> memories as a human last time that happened. Correct. It probably happened in the last five years. Somebody fact check me. <laughs> yes, fact check us. We don't know what we're talking about. But it never happens. Right. Okay. So, hot take. Hot take. You need another starter, which isn't necessarily a hot take. The hot take is we saw what Steven Matz could do in the bullpen last year. Yes. And he did a really admirable job as the swingman, you know, lefty guy can come in seven, eighth inning. He also put in a pretty good uh, second half camp or second campaign as a starter after Those he came last back. Six starts were he was really lights out, good. right? Probably the best we've seen Steven Matz in a Cardinals uniform before he unfortunately got hurt. So one of the things the Cardinals have been looking at getting is a swingman this offseason. What if you already have a swingman in your uh on your roster and you can trade, go get another starter, and Steven Matz becomes that swingman that you're looking for. Shut up and take my money right? is what I'm doing. I'm a genius. Just, she basically just did one of those 30 for 30s, too. What if I told you that you already had the swingman? I like that. You're I like that. Of course I'm on board with it. Especially, so you've added three starters right now, and you haven't had to touch any of your prospect currency. Exactly. That is the best currency in all in all of baseball, and you have a surplus of outfielders and middle infielders. You figure out what to do with that. Now, the question is, if you had your druthers, Katie, as somebody covering this team who would probably prefer to cover a team that is winning a lot of ball games, who would you like to see them go approach? Or go, is it, is it Glass now? Is it Cease? I've heard more of the, you know, the Bieber, apparently. The, when I say the Bieber, I'm not talking about Justin. I am right. talking the about, Biebs. yeah, yeah, the one that, that baseball fans oh, care his brother. about. Shane, his brother. He had mm. a baseball card once. I think Topps did it. Actually put Justin on the card Ooh. accidentally on the well, back of it. not the worst thing in the world to be compared to Justin. Well, if your name's Shane, you probably don't like it. Guys want a Cy Young, for goodness sake. That's fair. He's made his own way. But what direction would you go if I gave you all of the prospect currency? Well, uh, a responsibility I would just simply love to have. Um, I, I hate it. <laughs> no, I'd be so nervous. <laughs> I'd trade away everybody and be I, like, oh my gosh, sorry. I did it. <laughs> my bad. Oh gosh. Boy, that guy's good in the playoffs. <laughs> Ooh, oh, sorry, geez. everyone. Um, I would, 
if I'm if I'm going to trade away from this prospect pool and the positional logjam the Cardinals have, I'm looking for an upper rotation arm that you can pair with Sonny Gray. Okay. Now, I like Tyler Glass now. I think he would fit a lot for what the Cardinals are doing. I personally, though, I just hesitate when the Tampa Bay Rays are willing to move on from a pitcher. I said this uh, on a live room this morning on The Athletic. 100%. That, that gives me kind of some nerves. I get a little nervy about that. Now, one reason, though, like playing devil's advocate only because uh, they're also a financially responsible organization. They, they never are. paid a, a guy $25 million a year, so they'd probably be able to push off of that. But, yeah, generally when they call and ask for players, that should be your litmus test. When you just feel out a deal with them and be like, well, who do you want in return? And then uh, Anthony Stalter was talking about this the other day. So you write down those names and then you never give them up ever. Exactly. Like those guys are staying with you. Right. All right. So you're going against the glass now due to the, they might fleece you. They might. <laughs> they could, might. Smart organization could happen. So now where's your pivot? They might not have happened already. Um, okay. Time will tell. <laughs> Time, right. will, Time tell. will tell. He's 24. <laughs> no, I am on your side on that one. Um, I think Dylan Cease obviously is a, is a good fit when you look at what the White Sox are looking for. The Cardinals certainly match up there. The problem is everybody wants Dylan Cease. Of course. Are the Cardinals willing to overpay for him? I'm not nece- necessarily sure that they are, just because they believe so strongly in that positional core that they have. Um, one thing that I thought the Cardinals would pursue before they signed Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson was a potential trade with Alec Manoa. They have a very recent like trade that. history with the Blue Jays. You know, Manoa had a down year, but maybe a change of scenery could help. He's under a lot of team control. And the Blue Jays need outfielders. And the Cardinals have two outfiel- outfielders available in Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. O'Neill is only going to get you one year, but Dylan Carlson has ample years remaining. He's not even ARB eligible yet. And I thought that would have been a good matchup. Now, my question is, if the Cardinals go out and target Alec Manoa in a trade and he joins that rotation... Do you do you feel that rotation, that hypothetical one, is a playoff rotation? I, in all seriousness, I I feel like there's way too many very a playoff rotation. If he's Alec Manoa from a couple of years ago, yes. But if he's not, I don't know. I still like think that there's a lot of the offense that needs to get pieced together mm-hmm. too. Like there's a lot of young building blocks. But yeah, I like Alec Manoa. But at this point, when the team already has some of their their known quantity, I'd much rather pair something I for sure know near the top. Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. I agree with you there. That's why I'm a little I'm a little less sure that would be an avenue they'd pursue because you already have your like let's hope they have better years in Gibson and Lynn. No. Katie had just mentioned a couple of names for the Cardinals. They might be on the move. We talked about surplus of middle infielders, certainly a surplus of outfielders. Can those couple of players specifically bolster your bullpen? How important is that? Who are the Cardinals looking for? And might we see a reunion? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Andrew Marsh and Katie Wu, I'm Brad Thompson. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We continue our conversation, Katie. We were having a minute ago. We were talking about are the Cardinals done adding to the rotation? You threw out your hot take, which look, you're in the know, Katie. You say something, people are listening. Okay. You say, hey, who knows? Maybe Matt's could be that swing guy. You make a trade. You bring in another starter. Plenty of names out there. Can't wait to hear some of the scuttlebutt, the rumors. I might even make one up. We'll do uh, uh, real or fake rumors edition, Marshy. There's one going on right now. What do you got? 
Well, not about the Cardinals. Throw it out there. Whatever no, it is. we already talked about it. Just do it anyhow. No, it has to do with hockey. Oh, we're not mm. big into hockey. No, we're not. Is so this about Perry baseball? and Bedard's mom? I didn't hear mm. about this one. Katie knows about it. Heard that one's fake. Heard about it. Heard that one is fake. That rumor is fake. fake. Now, you might be driving around right now and say, I heard about that rumor, mm-hmm. but Cody Perry, he, he got... Corey or Cody? Corey. I think you've been calling him Cody, but we can call him Cody. Could you correct me once? Like <laughs> well, on a hockey I mean, name? Nah. Corey Perry, who's only been in the league 15 years and been yeah. somewhere else for at least one night. No. He is, uh, he is, uh, he's been released from his contract, but through real sourcing, the rumor on the internet, not real. Not real. Not real. Just throwing it out there. So what hopefully what the rumors young... do we have about the Cardinals, though? Oh, the, yeah, well, that's where Katie comes in. Yes. all of her rumors are, are legit. Now, we're talking about adding starters, Katie. Way to bring it back, Marcy. Nice call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about the starter rumors, but you mentioned a couple of names in Tyler O'Neill, who's There's been trade speculation around O'Neal for quite some time. Dylan Carlson, we've seen his name pop up quite some time. Could you see the Cardinals utilizing those couple of guys, Katie, to bolster a bullpen? We spent the whole offseason talking about the starting rotation. I feel like the bullpen needs a little help, too. The bullpen does need some help. I, th- I think a lot of help, actually. I mean, outside of Ryan Helsley and a personal favorite for mine and, and bounce-back seasons for 2024, Giovanni Gallegos. Um, they don't really have anyone in that bullpen that you feel like you can truly rely on. JoJo? Um, is JoJo in your trust tree? Not yet, but has the potential. He JoJo's has in my potential. trust tree. Maybe it's just because he rides a scooter to the ballpark. That's pretty know, sick. That. That's I baller. That. Um, I think you can certainly use Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson to get something in the bullpen. I'm just not sure if that's going to be enough. When you look at Tyler, his trade value is pretty much the lowest it's ever been in his career. Yeah. Dylan has a little bit more because he has team control, but he's coming off a down year as well. So to me, you're going to have to throw in someone like a like an Alec Burleson, perhaps. Someone with a lot no. of high upside. A lot of high upside. Burleson has a lot of high you can't upside. Have him. I like I like Burley. I know you like Burley. The whole the Cardinals love Burley. My favorite. But that is something to, to get value. You have to trade value okay. away. All right, I'm playing devil's advocate here because bullpens are like back and forth. You never know. Uh, what trade value did Luke Voigt have when they traded him to the Yankees and it brought back Giovanni Gallegos and it brought back uh, Shreve, Kaysen Shreve mm. as well? Like the, the value wasn't that high at the time. They saw something they, they liked in both those guys. Uh, Gio panned out. And actually, Luke tore it up for a little bit. He did. Bit, that was, that was uh, a good which, trade. But at the time, like, nobody was like, don't do that. Like, who, nobody cared that Luke, with all due respect, that he got traded away. That's fair. So maybe, just so maybe. maybe. I'm just trying to not give up as many pieces. I'm pretty frugal when it comes to spending people. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I think the Cardinals would share that sentiment with you, BT. But I, I think there's potential there for a, for a trade. And I think we're going to see some of those things come together at the winter meetings. The reliever market, as you know, is one of the last markets to really get going, whether it's free agency or trades. So we will see. Um, but relief pitching is a hot commodity as well. And it's everywhere you look where the Cardinals need help. 20 other teams need help there as well. For sure. Well, just especially, too, talking about bullpens, how baseball is played nowadays, bullpens are very important. Your starter gives you six on your good day. You still have three innings to fill every single night. Like, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You really need to end up shoring that thing up. Um, I had mentioned this, this idea earlier of a homecoming or reuniting. Could you see the Cardinals reuniting with any of the free agent starters that or I'm sorry, free agent relievers that they traded away at the deadline? And I'm talking about Chris Stratton and I'm obviously talking about Jordan Hicks as well. 
I think Jordan Hicks would be a very exciting reunion. I know that there was interest from both sides on potentially returning. That was very early in the offseason, though. I'm not sure if the Cardinals' free agency plans have changed because of the $50 million or so that they've already spent. But I think a Jordan Hicks with Ryan Helsley back in the bullpen, I mean, we've seen it before in St. Louis, looked pretty dang good. Um, and I think someone like Chris Stratton, that would also be interesting. It wouldn't be as splashy as a name as Jordan. I think Jordan is one of the... Uh, I would say he's just outside that top tier of relievers. He's like right on the cusp of, of free agent relievers this offseason. I think Jordan Hicks would be the splashier signing. I think Chris Stratton would be the safe signing. For sure. And when you look at it, there's probably room for a couple of arms, right? Maybe one via trade, maybe a free agent. Also, you look at some of the guys that are coming up uh, in the pipeline. We didn't talk much about since they got pushed out of the rotation mm-hmm. competition, at least now. Uh, Thompson is a guy that I think can, he's proven that he can pitch out, out in the bullpen. Stuff plays up. I don't know what Matthew Libertor, I think that he's probably more of an insurance policy. He's there. You would like to keep him starting. I think that Gordon Graceffo's name is going to be brought up a lot in spring training is potentially a member of this bullpen, the guy that can fit in. But you do need a little bit more certainty. There's a reason why the team that ultimately went after, and that's why I love that you brought up Chris Stratton, there's a reason that the team that went on to win the World Series wanted to acquire a guy like Stratton, because this is something we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the show as Jamie Rivers was on. There is a lot of... Mm, I've pitched two days. Mm, my agents advised me not to do this. Mm, I don't know. I, and I understand making your money, you get one career. But I also understand, hey, give me the ball team first. That's Stratton all, all day. So I think that they could use an addition like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ryan Helsley, I think, is a certified stud, but there's awesome. some hesitation to use him on back-to-back nights. Um, so if you have a closer, but he can only pitch once every two nights, how once two to three what, what does that really do for you? You're going to need another high-leverage arm. That's why I think Gio was so valuable to that club over the last three years. He took the ball almost every single day he was asked. Same with Stratton. So you need some splash and you need some certainty. And I think the Cardinals are going to target both of that going forward. She's Katie Wu. She will bring certainty and splash to the entire offseason at The Athletic. Andrew Marsh, Brad Thompson, if you have questions, we probably will have an answer. We'll make it up. If we don't have it, there will not be silence. It will be the Sports Six Pack. Get all your questions in to the Air Comfort Service text line. You know the number by now, 314-399-9646. Sports Six Pack is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now... Hopefully by now you got all your questions into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, because Katie Wu and I and Marshy, we have got all of the answers. Andrew, what do we got today? Question number one. From the 314, what non-Cardinals MLB team do you see, quote-unquote, winning the offseason when it's all said and done? Okay, at, at the end of all this, huh. Katie, rumors all over the place. Like, a lot of people are going to say whoever lands Otani ends up being the winner of this. Now, I wonder, what what do you think the AAV for Shohei is going to be? If you just pick a number off the top of your head. 
I don't even care the is, term. Like, can I, is it a real number? I think. Yeah, sh- you pick your real you number. You could get like a fake number, right? Like a number that doesn't exist. I don't know. 40? Is it's that real. fair? Yeah, it's yeah. very real. Isn't uh, Trout's making 40 plus, isn't he? Yeah. So, so it's super real I number. think higher than. Yeah. I don't know. Scherzer's it's making that much. and mm. Yeah, that is a tough one. All right, so who's a team that we believe are... Uh, I'll go off the map a little bit. Okay. Of who... Because I have the most basic answer alive. Okay, good, good. Uh, you can say the Dodgers in a second. <laughs> I am going to go close to home for you. I'm going the Giants. I think oh. the Giants come out, spend big money, and decide they want to be on the map. I think they land either Otani or Yamamoto, and then they keep adding. It's been a minute since San Francisco had a superstar. Yeah. And, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, they always had a superstar. I'm going to go all the way across the country. No, and I'm you gonna, didn't. I did. I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. Really? You want to talk about a franchise that's embarrassed with how their season went. Never look, even thought of them. Look no further than New York. Um, and they have the resources. They have the flexibility. I think the Yankees are going to be all in on pretty much everyone. Um, I'm sure that's not really a popular answer to a lot of fans. Who wants to see the Yankees succeed, right? But... That's, that's where I'm at. Katie, do you think at this point there is anything – do you think there's such thing as outbidding another team? I feel like everybody is always – their end offer is always like right around the same place. It's about picking a destination now for free agents. I think so. Um, I also think, you know, money talks. But if you have that a bunch of teams – last year, give an extra year somewhere. Right, that extra year of security. If you're willing to throw in that extra year of gamble. Um, if you're willing to – even if you're – it's an extra – Three, four million dollars, I think that would play somewhat into consideration, but also I think the city means a ton to a lot of people. Question number two. From the 314, guys, have you got any cool college football game stories? Any cool? Oh, I guarantee you have got a bunch of college football game stories. Tell everybody where you went to college. I went to Arizona State. So from what you can remember from any football <laughs> game, uh, what is uh, what is an Arizona State football game like for those that have not attended one? Um, well, if my parents are listening, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think of a story that I can tell that wouldn't get me fired. Okay. Um, yep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're really intense. There's a lot of tailgating. There's not a lot of actual football watching. Um, when I was a mm. freshman in college, ASU was the number six team in the country. I had a field day. Then they lost to an unranked Oregon State team, and they have oh. never recovered. Oh. Um, so, But my favorite college football experience was that freshman year of mine. I camped out for tickets to go to the Notre Dame game. Super cool experience. And then, you know, when the game starts, they shoot those, like, T-shirt cannons yeah. off. Okay, well, I was texting, and one of those T-shirts hit me right in the face, and my phone, like, flew four or five rows behind me. Oh. And the entire student section, which may or may not have been sober, United to make sure I got my phone back. Mm. And that is sportsmanship. That is teamwork. People helping people? I didn't get the shirt, but I got the phone. Oh, man. You gotta watch out with those cannons, too. Man. Wasn't it Slugger from the Royals? Like, mm. Took somebody's eye out with that no, like, hot dog hot. Gun. I never yeah. even saw it coming. <sighs> right? Unless you're in Iowa, though. Their mascot couldn't get that t-shirt out Boy, of the cannon. <laughs> that thing has it's some tough. problems. You know, it mm. happens to everybody. It's have you guys uh, been to a bowl game? College football no. bowl mm-hmm. game? I have not. I haven't either. I, I would like to really go fun, to though. How about we follow Mizzou, Marshy? We go somewhere. We're going to have to get that sponsored. Then all of a sudden, Brad's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm on the show all the time. I want, I want in. I want in, in. Question number three. From the 618, who do you view as a more expendable guy in a trade, Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan? Katie, you had a really quick answer to this when we talked about this during the break. Go ahead. Tell everybody. 
Yeah, my answer was, I don't know. Yeah, that's what we yeah. were just hemming and hawing. Right. Um, man, you can make an argument for both. My my concern, though, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm a Brendan Donovan supporter. I think he does amazing things for this ball club. I think he has a great future in the major leagues. If you trade away Tommy Edmond, who's playing center field, BT? Like, who's who's your center fielder? It would be Newt. If yeah, I would think mm-hmm. now, I don't think that Newt. I know Newt is not as good of a center fielder as Tommy Edmond, but he's really good at getting on base. He's going to be playing every day, and you plug somebody else in a corner, and then you hope that some of that swing and miss you added uh, helps. Yeah, and you hope a, a better pitching staff ends up helping. But Tommy Edmond is a. a Superior defender, even I know, and Donovan's a really good defender. Got a gold glove for that utility one, the award that they made up for Tommy Edmond that he got <laughs> that same year. Um, but and Donovan's better with the bat and a better on on base guy. Like it's it is a tough one. You got to pick though. I guess those are the rules. So who is more expendable in a trade? All right, on the count of three, Katie, okay, for this Cardinal team. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right, ready? Yeah. Is it so? Well, I'll say one, two, three, and then the name, or one, two, then the name. What would you like? After three. Okay. Okay. Ready? Uh huh. More expendable in a trade. Ready? One, two, three. Edmund. <gasps> Look at us. Golly. So in sync. Some of this is contractually, too. You got uh, <laughs> yeah. you got more control of Donovan. That felt dirty, too. I didn't like I didn't that like one it. bit. I didn't like it My at son's all. probably driving home from a baseball practice right now. Might have his Tommy Edmond jersey on. Wow. He's a big Tommy Edmond fan. No, Tommy Edmond, great him. for the people. Gosh, let's do it again. Let's this, do it again. This happened last time, though, you were on the show. When, when your kids were coming home, yeah. you, you said something about your daughter playing with or, or with the dogs. Well, she wanted to start a dog training business yeah. out of our house and couldn't understand why we wouldn't let her do that. She's seven. She's trying her best. She was upset for quite some time. <laughs> There's got to be some legality here. What's next? Question number four. All right, we got a question from Bud, who is one of our listeners slash viewers on our airlines team youtube page bud wants to know do you see the cards having any interest in jordan montgomery interest yes i think that everybody has interest in jordan montgomery uh, montgomery is one of those guys i think that as we were talking about earlier he's probably at home right now and talking to the wife like where do we want to go like where do we want to spend our next yep. six seven years because the money's he's going to make north of 150 which uh, how a year will change things for him. Insane. And then he lands. I, I don't see any scenario. I, I could be wrong, and I would love to be wrong, where the Cardinals pay that kind of money again for a rotation piece this year. Especially knowing that they've already spent $50 million in free agency. Like, yes, there'd be interest in Jordan Montgomery. They liked him here. I believe Jordan liked St. Louis. But to me, it's just it's he's going to cost too much, and they already had to go. So they got their guy. They got Sonny Gray. That was their guy in terms of the free agent starting pitching market. And it just didn't leave them with enough resources for Jordan Montgomery. Question number five. Uh, from the 314, will this rotation outpitch the Cardinals' struggles from behind the plate? Uh, all right, so talking about Contreras and uh, some of his issues defensively behind the plate. And, again, I think that a lot was lumped on Wilson. A lot of That was a bad pitching staff last year overall. Um, Yadier Molina in his prime wasn't going to make that a good staff. Now, that being said, I think that there is a lot of ground to cover for Wilson if he wants to be not even a hop echelon catcher, but like middle of the pack, just when it comes to framing, pitch calling, everything that kind of goes into it. Um 
but the pitchers do have a lot to do with it, of putting the ball where you want to, of having an idea of what you want to do, of being able to communicate those ideas to your catcher so he knows how you want to go about it instead of everything being on his shoulders. So, yeah, when you add three veterans, Katie, to a rotation, I think that that automatically makes that guy back there better and guys that are not afraid to lead and talk to him and be like, hey, this is what I need. This is how I'd like you to set up. This is what I'm thinking with two strikes. Hey, can you help me with this? Like, that relationship between Wilson Contreras and the pitching staff, and obviously Von Herrera and this pitching staff, is going to be incredibly important. But I think it makes it a lot easier when you add three veterans who are very confident in what they do. Oh, you're spot on, Brad. Um, God, write I, that down. Just so great. I wish I could just requote you for the end of time. Just go I, ahead. I think when you're bringing in those veteran starters, there's a part of the reason was that this is not a, a starting rotation that's going to go out there and blame their issues on other things. And I think Wilson, while he certainly wasn't perfect, uh, the Cardinals knew they were not signing a defensive catcher, but Wilson certainly had some things he was lacking. He took a lot of the brunt of the the blame for a pitching staff that was not good and for a pitching staff that was at times kind of excuse heavy. I don't think you'll get that from Lance Lynn. I don't think you'll get that from Kyle Gibson. You sure are not getting it from Sonny Gray. So I think that will be helpful for Wilson. I don't think he's necessarily looking to say, you know, I did nothing wrong. He's never once said that. But I do feel like he took a lot of the blame early on that maybe wasn't all the way totally warranted. One thing, too, not one thing, there's plenty of things to like about Wilson Contreras. I love the intensity. Honestly, oh, I, me too. I, I love that he cares. Like, he truly does care, and he, he he fights, and he's got, like, a different edge and different energy. So hopefully it ends up being a very good working relationship between the starting staff and Wilson. We got one left. We'll get through Last this. Last one. Question number six. From the 636, is it me or are the Zebras, a.k.a. the referees, throwing too many flags this year in the NFL? And I will also expand this. Are we seeing more blown calls in sports as of late? Which shouldn't happen due to the fact that we have more technology now than we ever have been before. It's nice, obviously, in baseball with most of the rules where you can just look at it and then actually get it right. Even though I still don't understand, Katie, in baseball, the ground ball that has to be past the bag before you can utilize replay. Why? Why is that a thing? Why do we have to just wait until it's in the outfield? That makes no sense to me. No, here's my thing. I think replay has been great for baseball. But why can you only use it at certain times? Because it feels like the times when you really need it the most, it's just like not allowed. And then you have, you know, I'm sitting there in the press box with my binoculars, like what's going on? And you and Chip are talking like, hey, what's going on? And we are on an agreement that it'd be a lot easier if we could just use the replay that we designed for these situations. It would be nice. We'll figure that out. But the flags being thrown all the time, mm-hmm. every big play, are you not always waiting for in the NFL before you celebrate, whether it's your team, Marshy, not much to celebrate last night with no. the Vikings. Um, but, it, or, or you bet on it, one or the other. Um, you're always or waiting both. for that flag. Like like something bad yeah. is going to follow. They have jobs to do too, but sometimes, you know, keep it in your pocket. Well, it's going so fast too. You know, sports has, with the technology and, you know, how players are, are going about these days. We were talking about it with Jamie and hockey, watching a game and how fast the game is. You could say that for every single sport at the professional level, it's hard for these referees to make a judgment call in a split second. Now, I mean, I can't say anything for the referees in football making these calls you could probably throw a flag on every single play i mean that's bottom line there's always holding some 100 percent. so uh yeah you probably are a little mad because your team is the one that's being flagged but you probably won't really care about it if 
things are going in your For direction. Sure. So I think For it's sure. all bias. Andrew Marsh, Katie Wu, Brad Thompson's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Are the Brewers doing something right now? Are they the blueprint of what the Cardinals should be doing? Might not be what you think. We'll tell you next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. following along all off season uh i don't think it's been the if you're a brewers fan how you feeling right now i'm, about feeling, your I'm feeling kind of two thumbs down are you yeah i mean david stearns who said i just wanted something new just gonna go upstairs for a little bit he's with the mets uh-huh. your manager who was on an expiring contract and boy everybody everybody saw him going somewhere actually to the mets he didn't he just went few minutes down the road to Chicago on a five-year, $40 million deal, which is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, Brandon Woodruff, uh, he, he's not coming back. He's a free Such agent a currently. Such a who, bummer. I, his, he is, he's an interesting one to me. I really wonder what his deal ends up looking like, who buys a year of him to just rehab just to have him in a couple of years. And maybe it ends up being the Brewers at, at some point. Uh, so the Brewers, like, offseason so far has not been a blueprint of how you want things to it's go. It's not what you want. No. But I am interested. Your colleague over at The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, recently had a piece up that the Brewers are discussing a deal with their top uh, top prospect. It's Jackson Churio. He's an outfielder. The kid is a stud. It's like, your two best players in minor league baseball, it's Jackson uh, Churio and Jackson Holliday. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, these are your two guys. And they're talking about a deal for him, and this is a guy with zero service time. So Cardinals don't necessarily have that comp that they're looking to extend yet. But uh, the Luis Robert is the guy that has signed the biggest deal. He signed a $50 million deal before playing in the big league. That's the biggest one. This deal for Jackson Churio is supposed to be north of that contract. And it just kind of gets the wheels turning a little bit for Cardinal fans do you think about extending some of your young players? The two guys that come top of mind are obviously Walker and Wynn. I mean, those are the first guys that you think about. First of all, do you see this being a good idea? And are there some other guys that you think could be in that mix? I don't hate the idea at all. Okay. I think it would solve a lot of problems. I mean, you hear about guys reaching arbitration, and all of a sudden, arbitration is a dirty business, right? All of a sudden, you get some hurt feelings, that trust in the club. It's not what you thought it was. So if you get another year, I, I would like to see Jordan Walker for one more year, see what he does in his sophomore season. And if it's what was, what's been advertised, then I think that's something you pursue. Mason, I want to give a little bit more time to. He hasn't played as much as Jordan in the major leagues, obviously. And I don't think we've seen the true Mason win yet. I mean, I think defensively we're starting to see it, but I think that bat's going to come along and be a lot better than it was in August and September. Um, Don't hate the idea at all. I think it's it's definitely something worth pursuing if Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn can put together a year that's either as advertised or a little bit above it. Yeah, you you and I were talking about this in the break. Like the last time, and the the Cardinals did this for quite a bit. Paul DeYoung is probably the last Mm -hmm. one, and you've got people probably screaming at your radio right now, well, don't do it then. (laughs) Even in his final year, he was making, what, $9 million? It was a $2 million buyout, so Mm -hmm. 11 total uh, on the deal deal for Paul DeYoung before he ended up uh, getting dealt. Yeah, it's not great, but that is not franchise-changing money where it's going 
going to hurt you. They did the same thing with Colton Wong. Wasn't the best at the end of it. Didn't pick up his option. He ended up uh, moving on. They did this with Carlos Martinez and Jaime Garcia. Like We had a long run of pitchers doing it, uh, a few position players as well. The big key to signing these guys is value. You're doing it value for the ball club and you're doing it doing a certainty for the player. Mm-hmm. So it's it's to me it's about finding the right guy. You never know like what a number means to somebody. The idea of of saying I'll just throw out an arbitrary number, $50 million for Mason Wynn. Might look at that and be like, you got a young shortstop, he's not going to sign a deal for $50 million or whatever. What if $50 million is a game changer for him, for his family, for his future, never has to work again? And doesn't have to worry about getting injured, doesn't have to worry about anything. Like That's where you're trying to find the, the right fit. But it is a case-by-case scenario. Not everybody, uh, Katie, is going to be able to get the Ozzy Albies deal. Right. Where it's like $35 million for his deal and he should be making 20 plus a year. That's not always going to happen, but there... I don't think it ever hurts if you identify a player as a part of your core and a part of your future to go out there and put out a number that is reasonable on your end and that and to make them make that decision at the very least. No, I completely agree with you. And I think especially with the uncertainties that that these careers can have when you're a young player, I mean, it's life changing money. It's definitely something you consider. But I also if I'm if I'm ever if I'm ever a young guy looking at a long term contract and I want to bet on myself, I'm never gonna fault a player for doing that either. For sure. It was and that's the hard thing, mm-hmm. man. You have players all the time. Or it could even be the idea of like a, a contract extension for a guy that's already a star. Juan Soto is a, a very interesting example. This is a guy that the deal for him was over four hundred million, correct? Right. With, with the nationals. Now he's still a really good player. He's not going to sniff $400 million, you wouldn't think, on the next deal. Now, that's a far extreme. I don't think he's going to be crying poor or anybody's going to feel bad (laughs) for him when he signs for a quarter of a billion dollars uh, next time via free agency. But you just never know when that time to strike is is the right thing. Now, when you're looking at for the Brewers, for Jackson Churio, do you like the idea of doing this with a young player before any service time at all? Stops the clock thing, at least. Like, you don't worry. It's like, do we call him up in two weeks? Yeah. Or we... but... There's that. There's also, you know, the arbitration and all of that stuff, which is a little bit down the road. But I, I, I just think the difference between AAA and the major leagues is so dramatic. You don't know what kind of major league player you have in your prospect system until that prospect plays in the major leagues and does so consistently. I mean... Well, to go back to Mason Wynn, I think Mason Wynn is a much better overall player than what we saw in August and September. I think Jordan Walker is a much more, an even better hitter than what we saw in his rookie year. You just don't know what you have in your AAA system until they can consistently play in the big leagues. So I'm always kind of a little nervy about kind of those situations just because you don't know. No doubt. And another guy to throw into that mix, we get a text, the Air Comfort Service text line is uh, Nolan Gorman. I mean, that's another Same. guy, big time power. You'd love to be You're able to keep around. Coming, right? For sure. For sure. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Real quick, just give me a yes or a no. Okay. I'm going to get, and this is All not right. a young player. Okay. Will we see a contract extension for Paul Goldschmidt? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. Katie and I have been talking about baseball for a lot, uh, for a long time. But you guys don't know this. Our actual like area of strength, it's hockey. Who would have thought? So that's what we're going to do next. But we're going to bring in somebody because he wants to talk to us about hockey. We're going to bring in our guy, Joe Vitale. You'll hear him on the broadcast tonight. Pre-game starting at 6. Joey is live with us from Minnesota next on 101. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Alongside Katie Wu from The Athletic, Andrew Marsh, Brad Thompson here with you. And we head to the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We bring in our guy, Joe Vitale. He is alive in Minnesota as the Blues take on the Wild. Joey, how we doing, my man? Hey, fellas, doing great. Yeah, great, great game. Looking forward to this one here in Minnesota. Coaching change for the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, this Blues team on this father's trip is trying to keep the momentum going here. All right, Joey, Katie Wu here. I got a question for you. I'm, I'm relatively new to the hockey experience. What What is the dad's trip? What makes it so special? You know, Katie, it was something that kind of was brought into the league at the tail end of Craig Berube's era. You know, actually, Craig Berube went on one father's trip. Jamie Rivers, of course, who does the color for the TV side, went on two or three. I was fortunate to go on a three or four dad's trips. I went on a mom's trip. You know, I think that, you know, we're, we're so close to our parents and we're constantly as players talking to them on cell phones and, and texting them and, Hey mom, game's over. I, I watched on TV, sweetheart. Great game. Thanks mom. Where are you heading to now? Uh, we're heading to the airport. I'm going to flight to Vancouver, uh, getting in at 4am. So you, you, you tell them the routine and, and they're kind of living uh, vicariously through you, through like the screen of, of the television set and the text messaging, but they don't really quite, fully understand like what goes in to an actual trip i remember one of the mom's trips i went on to we did a game in arizona and then la and anaheim and back home and you know there was something simple as after an la kings game we hopped on a bus and we were heading to the airport to then now then go to arizona it was like 12 30 at night i think and half the moms were sleeping on the bus on the way to the airport we hadn't <laughs> even taken off yet so, so you know it was just you know for, for them to kind of get in the rhythm of things and and, of course, just a moment of pride for them, you know, because they've, they've watched their kids their whole lives, and they're always proud of their kids, whether you're playing might hockey or peewee hockey. But, but then you see them in the NHL, you're around the team, you, of course, are a part of practices and pregame meals, you wear their jersey, you get to kind of smooth it up with the other moms and share stories of their childhood. And then, of course, everyone gains about, you know, 8 to 10 pounds because, you know, it's, there's meals everywhere. There's snacks and there's lunch and there's dinner and there's post-meal snacks, there's airplane snacks, there's airplane meals. I mean, it's a never-hungry league. It's amazing how dads and moms typically will gain between five to six pounds because they really never stop eating. It's fantastic. Look, if it's free, it's me. And I'm not an NHL father or mother. But if you're going to put out free food and it's always good in the league, you take advantage of it. And 8-1-1 one, one is the record since the inception of the dad's trip. I'd say it's working. Keep it going all the time. Joey, when you're looking at this team right now, and we all know they're going to win tonight, even though you got a, a team that just fired their coach, which you usually win like that, but it is dad's trip, 20 games in, from a positive standpoint, and you're one of the most positive people I know, what stands out the most to you 20 games in for this Blues team? Point. I mean, it's good to take a, you know, a 1,000-foot aerial you know, bird's-eye view of the season every now and then. Sometimes you get so caught up in the, the, the nuts and bolts of the day-to-day grind of it, and you can 
sometimes over overcomplicate things in the bad areas and maybe oversimplify the good areas. But then take a step back, um, like you mentioned. Let's look, look at where this team is 20 games in. I mean, you're in a wild card spot, and you're nipping at the heels of the, the Winnipeg Jets, and even the Dallas Stars. I mean, you're not that far off from taking over second, third in this division. I think if you were to ask any Blues player, any coaching staff, and any fan that, hey, this is exactly where you'd be 20 games in, would you take it? I think 100% across the board, everyone would. I mean, there weren't that high of expectations for this team. You come in without your, your captain, Ryan O'Reilly. You lose one of your best scorers in, in Vladimir Tarasenko. You lose maybe one of your best overall players in, in Ivan Barbashev, right? We didn't know what Joe Hofer was going to be. Would Jordan Binnington have a bounce back year? I mean, so many question marks coming in. Would Oscar Sundquist be healthy now that you, you got him back and he's the St. Louis Blue? Kevin Hayes, was that kind of a question mark when you bring that him into in, in St. Louis as well? So many question marks, guys. And then you look at where this team is, and, and they're, in, they're in a playoff spot right now. And, they're again, they're right on the heels of teams, that, teams just, just above them there in the standings. I think the thing that stands out, about this team, which which should have been no surprise at the beginning, is that this is a weathered group. You know, this is a group that has seen um, that has seen some stuff. I mean, look at this defensive group. This may be one of the most veteran presence blue lines across the National Hockey League. I mean, was, was it foolish to think that this this group of guys wasn't going to figure it out? I mean, Nick Letty, Colton Preko, I mean, Tory Crew. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Robert Bortuzzo, Scandella. I mean, Justin Falk. I mean, these guys have closed in on eight, nine hundred games in the National Hockey League. So this is a group that certainly has started to figure out the defensive side of things. Uh, they've adapted very well to this new structure, keeping things to the outside. Yes, it's been a little inconsistent, but it's a National Hockey League, and it's hard to win games. So I think that uh, when it's all said and done, I think with how, how experienced this blue line is, Jordan Bennington has been incredible. I think that you're starting to really get a good response from where Craig Bruby's trying to get this team going in the right direction. And they have the core to, the core to get there. That was one of the biggest things coming into the season that Craig Bruby needed to see. It's one thing to have the coach's message, but were the players going to hold each other accountable uh, to this style and this identity? And that's where, you know, really heavy shoulders on to, you know, Braden Shen, Justin Falk, and Robert Thomas, Colton Preco. The leaders on this team have done a really good job of receiving that message from the coach and making sure everyone on the bench is accountable. You need that player-to-player accountability. I think they lacked a lot of that last year, and certainly this year it seems to have corrected itself. So, Joe, you have your your leaders doing that, which is a, a great thing, and you, you kind of hoped and knew in your heart of hearts that that would come to fruition. And I think that when you have leaders doing that, it allows young players to kind of just go in and do their thing. And that's, it seems like that's exactly what Jake Neighbors has done to this point. He's on the top line. He's playing next to Booch, playing next to Thomas, and he's putting up points, and he has made an impact. Like, what what is it about his game or him specifically that makes him such a good fit right now you know brad i think the biggest thing is he's just playing with a lot of enthusiasm you know we all know that he's got the skill he's got a toolbox full of tools right he's he can score he can hit he can skate he can be responsible defensively he makes great decisions in, in, in really tough times of the game in tough areas he really is a player that is beyond his years i think maturity wise you know you see a lot of young kids come into the league a lot of them are a bit quieter you know, they're, they're, this is kind of the next generation of young kids where they're all into, like, the toe drags and the Michigan moves and the video games, just the quieter, you know, isolated, more approach. But he's kind of got the Alexander Steen, Braden Shen uh, feel to him where he's just very open, very responsive. He's great to the media. He's, he, again, he's just very mature for his age. And I think he's lived with Braden Shen. He's been around the Steens. 
You know, he's seen the Ryan O'Reilly's before practice and after practice. He's been around great leaders. And like you said, it's a perfect, it's a perfect point where you've been around such great leaders for a long time. And now you start to kind of grab it. And right now, Craig Bruby can't deny him on this top line based off how he's played over the last two weeks. Uh, his enthusiasm, he's playing on his toes, right? The biggest thing I'm noticing, he's just reacting. He's just reacting and going. You know, a lot of times young players start of the season, um, you know, he's on the fourth line, trying to feel it out, you know, want to make sure I'm, you know, thinking, doing the right thing. But we all know, guys, this sport is so fast. You know, one of my favorite lines from Top Gun is just like hockey. Uh, in Top Gun 2, they said, if you're thinking up there, you're dead. It, it's so true. It's just like hockey. If, if you find yourself indecisive and thinking and overthinking, you're, you're going to miss the boat. This game is happening way too fast. You've got to get into a rhythm of, of a confidence, just reaction. Just read, react, and go. And that's what Jake's doing. He's, he's skating, which means he's been physical, which means he's been around pucks. He's stopping pucks on the forecheck. He's backchecking. He's been very responsible over the ice. And he's probably been one of the best consistent, most consistent Blues players right next to Robert Thomas and a couple defensemen across the board. And so it's going to be another great great night tonight for him where he's going to be on that wing with Robert Thomas and Bucinavich. And, and they're going to need this top line to get after here tonight because this wild team's looking for a big response with their coaching change like you mentioned. He's Joe Vitale. You can hear him breaking it all down on these airwaves tonight. Puck drop is at 7. Pre-game starts at 6. Joe, thanks for all the uh, fantastic information. Have fun on the uh, dad's trip as well and get some of that free food. Hey, can't wait. I'm going to come back a little heavier. Thank you guys as well. All right, that's Joey Vitale. Again, you can catch him on the pregame, catch him during the game. Does a fantastic job breaking down all of the Blues action. All right, we do have coming up, we got your what you missed, criticisms, complaints, uh, uh, compliments. Those are in there too. I'm, I did two negatives. I'm a pretty negative You're person. You're a negative guy Katie. all um, around. But I think that we also, we might have a, uh, a mic drop, Marshy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From one of our favorites? Yes. Can't wait to hear that. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Katie Wu has been fantastic for the last two hours. She has filled in as Jamie Rivers took off to do his hockey duties this evening. The Blues and the Wild. You hear all that action right here on 101 ESPN. And Blues fans are always looking for content, Katie. I mean, you're always looking for something. Well, how about this? How about Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, special live taping of the Last Minute Blues podcast going to be tomorrow, 6 to 8 at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. Can't go wrong with Twin Peaks. They got the, like the really cold beer, great food, other stuff. Great place. Hang out with Donnie and Jamie from 6 to 7, and then you can enjoy uh, their selection of beers, handcrafted whiskey cocktails. I think they got that smoked old-fashioned. Mm. You an old-fashioned fan at all? Um, You're not I a bourbon girl, so. huh? I'm not a bourbon girl. Okay. One more year of covering this team. Especially and a losing season. I might, probably, be bur- I might be a bourbon girl. Well, then no bourbon for you this year. They're going to win all the time. Then from 7 and 8, uh, you can stick around and watch the guys. They're going to do the special live Last Minute Blues podcast taping. is going to be great. And it's all happening tomorrow, 6 to 8, with Donnie and Jamie. Again, that's at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. You can learn more at 101ESPN.com. Marshy, I know that oh, yeah. we have a, uh, we got a mic drop from somebody, don't we? Yes, and uh, for those that know this uh, said person, they're probably excited because it is John Faux Zaloc. Say no more. 
Here's John Fozalock. So, you know, in an effort to to build the trust of, of the fan base, you know, I'd like to, to be more transparent with kind of the direction the club is going. And, you know, obviously the, the off season, it can be very fluid. And, um, you know, as we explore options to, to better this team through the trade market, you know, I'd like to let, you know, the fans and, and the BFIBs know, like, we're not done. Um, for example, we could get Tyler Glasnow right now and, and get rid of Steven Matt's contract and a couple probably prospects that will be superstars, but you know, we could acquire Glasnow and you know also we, we have a deal, verbal deal in place to get that future superstar here in the new face and, and Juan Soto, right? We can trade Nolan Gorman straight up for Soto and once you know Goldie moves on that contract replaces it so um we feel like we could go all in for this last run with with goldie and arnado and i'm here to tell you that we're not going to do it we need to see more of carlson we need to see more of o'neill we could trade those guys for bullpen pieces if we went that route but we just don't want to do that right i mean o'neill hit like a bunch of homers a few years ago and, and carlson tore it up in the minors like back in 2020 so we're done. Deal with it. That was John Fozalock. Leave us a mic drop like you can all the time on that 101 ESPN app. Got into a lot of specifics, breaking down some deals, and just squashed your dreams. Katie, that's John Fozalock. That that was incredible. Yeah. Cadence is pretty good. I mm-hmm. like how he said that we're not done, and then by the end of it, he said we're done. Oh, no. He wanted to grab you. Yeah. Like, bring he, oh, in, yeah. Really Absolutely. In. By the way, we are done. Absolutely. I do want to get to... Uh, what you miss, criticisms and compliments, but I also want you to get to this. You know, each week we've been doing that NFL Pick'em Challenge, and we tied this week, didn't we, Marshy? We did, but it's technically a win because now our magic <sighs> number is one. That's it. That's all we Just have one. to do is win one more week or uh, or tie yeah. again. We could tie. We tied the Riz show. We've been battling it out, if you want to call it that. It's just been a domination. Uh, but... The two crews have also been watching football together. It's happening again uh, this Thursday at Cyberg's downtown. You can join our guy, Kerry Davis, who is a blast to hang out with, as is Moon from The Riz Show. A great combo. Come watch Thursday Night Football. Get signed up for 101 ESPN Point Giveaways. Plus, uh, enjoy Ice Cold Bud Light. That's Thursday, 6 to 8. It's going to be Kerry Davis, Moon, and Bud Light at Cyberg's on Market Street downtown. We're going to be there, Marshy. we got to show up. I actually did one of those a few weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago. Okay. Super fun. All the fans and the listeners coming out and hanging out, watching football, having a few drinks. The group. Blues were playing, too. It was a good time. Can't go wrong with Cybergs or Bud Light. Can't Life go is wrong good. with it. Life is good. What you missed today? Well, the first two hours, we had Jamie Rivers on the show. We broke down a bunch of the Blues. How are we feeling after 20 games? Uh, we did Blues cues with him. That's where you guys all had a bunch of questions, Katie. And they were great questions. And Jamie broke them down. We also talked about a rumor that is going on in the world of hockey that uh, the Blackhawks had a little something going on and somebody had something going on with somebody else. Well, we squashed that rumor. Squashed it. Absolutely squashed Journalism. it. Journalism. Not up in here. No misinformation. Not here. Not on purpose. Usually. 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 And then Katie Wu has been great enough to fill in for us the final two hours. And again, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, shame on you and follow her on social media. She's got all the Cardinal breakdowns. 
We talked Sonny Gray. We talked about future moves. Talked about uh, different players that they might go after. And by the way, Katie, I'm not going to tell you what it is. She had a hot take. And the hot take has to do with this rotation. I'm going to let you find that one. Uh, but that is uh, all on the podcast. Marshy, where can they find that podcast? Well, they can find it at 101ESPN.com or the free 101 mobile app if you have an iPhone or an Android. If you have a mm-hmm. flip phone, well... Get on your computer get on when your you computer. get home. You yes. have a PC, chances are. Who's that brought to you by? That is brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Darn right it is. Now, Marsha, do we have any criticisms? Do we have any no, compliments? No, we just have compliments. We have compliments for all do of us. Do we really? Oh, look at us. Katie. We did it. Yes. Team. Here we go. From the 314, I really like Katie and Brad on the show. I also like Marsh. This was very entertaining. Which one of our moms was that? Yeah, that Probably was really both nice. Listening. Yeah, they definitely are. From the 636, shout out to Brad and Katie for holding down the fort. Y'all have been great. Thank you very much. So this nice. has been fun. Thank you. Time flies. It it's really very, does. It was a very fast show today. Just reunited. Brad and I talking baseball like old times. Yeah. yeah. Usually just do this after a game. And, and you guys is, have the, the hot girl walk, too? Yeah, that, we, we have the hot yeah, girl if walk. If we're in okay. town, say we get the whole group together, yep. which is really usually comprised of older men on the hot girl walk. Mm. But luckily, you know, when, when Katie comes... Feels better. There's Katie and or me, and then Alexa. Yeah, Alexa we're good. That, there you and go. then uh, Chip. Chip's, open Chip's a hot girl. He's got He's that a hair. Hot girl. He yeah, he's got a nice claw yeah, to his hair. Good. Ricky Horton's up in there sometimes. It truly is a hot girl walk. We try hard. There you go. Uh, we'll go with one more here from the 314. Katie has rocked it today. Oh, so. thank Killing you. It. You guys are the best. You keep doing well. They're going to keep asking you to come back. That's how it works. Big thank you to Katie Wu for coming in the last couple of hours. Our guy, Jamie River, is going to be on the call on TV. But you stay right here for the call uh, because we've got all the action. we got Blues Wild pregame starting at 6 o'clock. Puck drop at 7. Alex Ferrario, Grant, the whole crew has got you. And uh, hopefully you hear another Blues winner as the dad's trip continues. For Katie Wu, for Andrew Marsh, for Jamie Rivers, who is in Minnesota, I'm Brad Thompson. We will see you again tomorrow on the Fast Lane, 2 o'clock. You better be here. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.